feel like I'm uh, about to watch Tenant every time I throw on that countdown, man. <laughs> Elliot, what's going on, man? How are you doing this Sunday? Good, man. Good. Uh, yeah, saw Tenant the other day and uh, saw a bunch of other stuff the other day. So yeah, man, doing pretty good. I feel like that's a movie that I'm not going to be able to see for a while just because you know what's going on with California right now. So I am right. going to see because I'm always really weary of like, if I'm going to see that movie, I don't want to check out his review on it until yeah. afterwards because I want to hear if our thoughts kind of click. But mm -hmm. in this case, I think I am going to check out your Tenet review like right after this because it's probably going to be a while, like I said, till I till I see it, man. But um, yeah. that, that was the big one that hit, right? That and mm -hmm. Mulan. And uh, Mulan is kind of a topic of discussion because man he got so many mixed reviews we'll just say that um mm -hmm. that's not one that you checked out yet right no i i was looking i was supposed to have a screener didn't work out and i'm not paying 30 dollars for that so I'll, <laughs> if, if i'll probably wait to december to check it out because um yeah 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 you you and a lot of other people man are, are waiting till december we'll just say that but before yeah. we get into it uh thank you guys for joining us another uh, live weekly wrap up every sunday 10 a.m pacific standard time 1 p.m eastern time and uh hey guess what if you guys are catching this replay uh we are doing this on spotify apple itunes we're gonna start uploading all this stuff so you guys can you know hear it while you work while you're doing uh you know chores the dishes whatever you got to do on this sunday and it's actually a pre-labor day so we're having extended uh holiday on this one at least i do and uh, most you know most of uh, all americans have uh tomorrow off so you know it's going to be a relaxing one but man how are you are you uh experiencing a heat wave in your area we got it we, we're hitting already 100 i think uh almost 100 degrees right now at 10 a.m it's been okay, actually. It's been uh, kind of in the high 80s and then cools off at night, so it hasn't been nearly as bad as it is out in L.A., man. But it's been it's yeah. been a pretty good last week or so with the weather. Okay, very cool. I got my AC blasting already. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll see if we can get this going. But, uh, like I said, we have a lot of good stories. But before we get into it, guys, make sure you are hitting that thumbs up, uh, leaving comments down below or in the chat if you are watching this live. And all of our social medias are down below as well. Uh, or above if you guys are watching this on YouTube. I'm at Talk on Instagram as well as Elliot's at Movie Files. And uh, real quick, before we get into these stories, man, you want to let people know on your channel what you just dropped or what you have possibly coming up up the next couple of days man it's been uh, a busy week to say the least so i finished up the fantasia film festival so i got like three reviews from there but i have like literally this whole week uh planned out for more reviews for that so there's that you guys can watch there's a tenant review that we talked about non-spoiler uh just celebrated a milestone did a live stream on friday for that um right. and there were some other stuff i just can't remember i know coming up antebellum uh the the, the nest Ooh. uh there's a bunch of stuff that i got uh that i've caught up on with netflix screeners uh with uh what is the babysitters club and all or the babysitter sequel with all this stuff so yeah a lot of stuff coming up this week so very very busy time very cool man well, once again uh you know congratulations on the 5k i jumped in there really oh, quick you, when man. you were doing it i was heading home and uh yeah man that's awesome it, it seemed like a really really fun stream another milestone you are definitely you know getting up there with the content and uh make sure you guys follow elliot uh movie files uh for all the latest and greatest he gets a lot of screeners and uh, you know uh whether i always say tv news but i'm like tv is like more towards like uh network tv i, I guess we should just call it maybe movie and streaming news you know yeah, or, that's what a lot of or, yeah I, I, that's all i watch is streaming so um or, and or i guess hbo premium yeah true Network, or even movie yeah. movie and series is what i was thinking also yeah. too. series i guess yeah. you'd call them right mm -hmm. uh 
but yeah um so you're definitely the movie uh the movie and tv guy i'm more the movie guy and uh man there was a couple of big releases uh this weekend and i kind of you know something that you used to do when theaters were in would talk about the numbers so Mm -hmm. real quick uh tenant man tenant is a big one and we just got the news yesterday that it did cross over 100 million overseas uh, and it topped uh, two, uh, 20 million in China. So, um, mm-hmm. what are your what, what are your thoughts on those numbers, man? A hundred mil, over a hundred mil. It's pretty impressive considering the state of the world, man. I think it goes to show, and it, I don't want to say it's unfortunate because um, it's you know it's a movie at the end of the day and whatnot. But you know there were people that put in a lot of work, the actors, the directors, obviously, and the people uh, behind the film. But if this film would have come out in normal circumstances, this would have easily been a billion dollar movie. Like that's this this goes to show just yeah. from the current state of where that it is able to make a hundred million, it would have easily made a billion uh, if it would have came out as according to plan but no it, it doesn't surprise me man because again christopher nolan is the we say it you know martin scorsese uh quentin tarantino uh steven spielberg we mm. they're greats all time they're goats but even they can't do with christopher nolan like their names don't sell like christopher nolan films do so uh, it doesn't surprise me man mm. he's the only one that can carry a film like that in regards to just his name alone yeah and it's uh even going a step further i don't know if you saw the unhinged promo pick i reposted oh, yeah, it. A lot of reposted it yeah where they're pretty much marketing unhinged which is a movie that's been out i think for three or four weeks now technically mm-hmm. uh yeah where they're saying a movie that d- that won't confuse <laughs> you <laughs> yeah very, very post- similar cross yeah. marketing with like toy story and what child's play did when they were burning up woody and the right? all the toys so it's smart it's smart definitely smart yeah, it's interesting. It's showing that, you know, there's there's playful, you know, uh, uh, war, we'll just say, mm. uh, going on between some of these studios. And and I mean, we don't have a lot to choose from. Right. I mean, it's either a lot of this stri- uh, directly to VOD or, um, you know, uh, some in select theaters. And yeah, even mm. 100 mil uh, in these times is 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 very man. I mean. It's a great more feat. beyond. Imp- exactly, man. Beyond impressive because of the state of the world. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. He's trying to save cinema, Mr. Nolan. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the numbers domestically. Do you know offhand? I I try to look it up. I didn't really uh, catch what it made so far. uh, Um, I don't know if it's it's fully been laid out yet, but uh, let's see. I I know Sunday is kind of the cutoff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they fully uh, calculated it quite yet, but um, I'll be really impressed to see what, what happens tomorrow. And then I'm also interested in the numbers with Mulan. So that kind of jumps into my next story. And the main story that I have uh, for this this thumbnail, kind of the headline of some of the controversy, because this was a movie that we did catch Friday. I was kind of excited. You know, uh, my girlfriend and I, we were like, okay, we want to see this movie together. Uh, Mm -hmm. We both had not seen the animated film whatsoever. Oh, really? So. No, I had no no context or knowledge really of of what was going on, you know, what they were lifting kind of from that story. I mm. kind of, uh, uh, you know, in the week, I kind of was like, okay, what's the lore? Like, was this based on a true story, like uh, based on a true person? Was it fictional? It seems like it was mm. more fictional, but uh, kind of a tall tale, you know, lifted things. And uh, so it was interesting to me how they were going to play. I knew it wasn't going to have the dragon, I guess, that was part of the, the cartoon. Yeah, Mushu exactly. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, some things are gonna be changed. We saw it. We were okay with it, but I at the end I was like, 
this was $200 million budget. <laughs> like mm. it really did not feel, I don't want to give too many spoilers. You know, I know you're going to see it in December, but it did not feel like a, a tenant was a $200 million budget. And I mean, I'm sure that movie to you felt like a $200 million budget. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, to your point, you know, the, the Mulan uh, is based on on like Asian culture, folklore and like the fourth century. Uh, and, and I remember when Mulan came out in the nine. Well, I don't remember because I was a kid, but I know the the history behind it in the Asian community. They did not like the film because they didn't take itself seriously. They didn't it didn't have, you know, the, the way that they it was obviously it was Disney. So it's going to be very kid friendly. But a lot of the Asian culture yeah. were not fans of it because it was not taken seriously as from what I'm hearing. This new one uh, kind of does because it doesn't have Mushu. It doesn't have all those comedic uh, kind of jokes and all that stuff. It takes itself a little bit more seriously as the folklore has. So uh, but, yeah, I've heard yeah. a lot of mixed reviews, man, that yeah, some people are. Uh, you know, kind of on the fence about the kind of lifeless, kind of soulless, doesn't have the same, which I, that's a whole nother podcast conversation in regards to expectations for your childhood film that you grew up loving and then seeing it 20 yeah. years later, you're not going to have the same emotional impact. You're not going to be so and invested. We want to be invested, but I think people... Mm going with their pre and luckily you guys didn't have that knowledge from the, the animated, but I think a lot of people always expect it to hit them like it did when they were a kid. And that's just not going to happen. Yeah, no. And, and, and I'm actually glad that I went in it watching with fresh eyes because I didn't mm -hmm. know what they could. The only thing I know knew really was that Christina Aguilera sang the theme song and then she sang yeah. it for this new one too. So that's mm -hmm. the only thing I knew yeah. that the correlation between the two. Um, right. And then afterwards, I saw some of the scores, you know, with Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a higher score than the mm -hmm. audience score, which you don't really yeah. see often nowadays. Um, I think well, the audience score Star was Star Wars or DC. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I believe the audience score was around a low 50 percentage. And the, uh, the, the Rotten Tomatoes score was about 80 percent. And uh, yeah. even the IMDb score, which is usually a lot higher, is currently at a 5.6 out of 10. And that's at almost 19,000 reviews. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I had posted, you know, I, I don't know the, uh, the understanding for this. And people were commenting that it's because of our main star who plays Mulan, Yifei mm -hmm. Lu, I believe is how you pronounce it, Yifei Lu. And uh, that she uh, had a little bit of a... Um, I guess involvement in kind of speaking her mind and uh, pretty much being anti uh, protester when they were boycotting last year in Hong Kong. If you remember that, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and and a and a lot of that uh, seemed to rub people the wrong way, and they boycotted the movie. And th this is was was knowledge to me because I didn't know really too much. I looked up a lot of her movies, and she has done a lot of Asian cinema. Uh, mm -hmm. I think she even did a couple of American films. If I'm being I'm being honest, uh, that that well, that at least made it to American market. Uh, I'm trying to look over here really quick, but uh, a lot of Asian cinema. I think she just did a movie uh, about about six years ago with uh, Nicolas Cage as well. So it's like, but uh, yeah. you know, these are all crossover Asian movies. But uh, yeah, so it is reported here. The Guardian reports that pro democracy protests from Hong Kong, Thailand, and other Asian countries are calling on fans to boycott the release. Protesters are unhappy about Disney's link to China, which has mm. surpassed pro-democracy protest in Hong Kong in recent years. Uh, they're also protesting the movie Star after she expressed support for the Beijing-backed Hong Kong police last year. Now, this is something that mm. a lot of people 
were not backing the police. They were doing the opposite. They were they were backing the the protesters. So right. th this was something that I didn't know about, and it makes total sense now. At first, I thought it was the thirty dollar price point of why people <laughs> were like, you know, so outraged of like, you know, this is not worth thirty dollars. But now this makes me think even a step further. What are your thoughts hearing this? I mean, did you know about this pre me reading it or? Um, not to be to sound uh, negligence or, or ignorance of the situation. I'm not fully aware of the, the political climate in Hong Kong. I know that there were a lot of riots and things that unfortunately took down that took place last year and, and still on today. But I, I don't know if it's like I'm just using this example in America. Like, I don't know if it, it would be like if an actor, if Tom Cruise says, you know, I support police officers, I'm, you know, all blue lives matter. And like we people were to come out and say, I'm not going to see Mission Impossible. So I don't know if it's like on that level, if, if it's, if yeah. it's that I, I don't know. So I, I, don't, I don't really can't really speak to it that much. But that's what when it comes to Hollywood, man, like and I support John Boyega 1000 percent what he's been saying with Star Wars and been saying, you know, with Black Lives Matter movement. But on the reverse side of that, when it is like at the core, they're human beings, but then they are they are celebrities. So sometimes when celebrities get mixed in with politics, I, it, it doesn't always play well. So it is unfortunate yeah. to hear that people are boycotting this film because of someone's political belief. Uh, and it, it's, it goes to show what kind of times we live in, man. Because, I mean, if people knew their favorite stars growing up, you know, whether it be people that made Mulan, the animated film, whether it be people that made movies in the, in the 30s, 40s, 50s, they might not support those films if they knew their artists who they supported if they were pro abortion or if they were you know pro uh, if they yeah. were uh you know racist they don't you know we didn't know all that stuff back in the day but now we have so much information to our hands that it it, it blurs the lines for people man but me personally it, it depends on the situation where i don't support certain artists if i if i know that they are racist if they abuse women and things of that nature but then it is very Hot and cold when it comes to how people uh, look at celebrities and boycotting certain projects, man. It's, it's you know, it kind of is the situation that we're in with today's times with social media. Yeah, and you've mentioned it many, many times, you know, separating the art from the artist, right? And it's hard yeah. to do that when it comes to any form of entertainment, um, in mm -hmm. this case, movie news. Uh, yeah. and, and it is unfortunate because I am a huge proponent on, you know, free speech. I don't have to agree with you, you know, that's right. fine. But um, if... A $200 million budget, man, that's going to take, this is a huge loss for them. And everyone's, of course, you know, huge L, Mulan takes a huge L and blah, 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 and stuff like that. And it, you, you got to look at everything just from one person's, if this is the case, if this is the reason why the, the movie's not doing as well, performing mm -hmm. as well as they thought, it was because of uh, possibly one person's views or opinions. And there's so many cast members. There's Donnie Yen in there. There's Jet Li. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of recognizable faces. And I'm just, I just feel really bad for the supporting cast uh, because I feel like they did do a, a, a decent job on there. And these are, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people with the costume design as well. There's a lot of people that were uh, uh, hired for, for this big uh, Disney job. Yeah. You know, so you got to think about everybody that's involved um along with these projects and uh mm -hmm. yeah it, it it's kind of unfortunate i hope people just go in looking at the movie as an overall but it seems like there might be some under you know layers to to this story and yeah. um I, I just i'm just kind of curious if disney's gonna respond if she is herself is gonna respond um any of the co-stars gonna respond or they're just gonna like let it ride out and um take the l because i think financially it's not doing what they 
performed. And then that goes back to the $30 price point of a lot of people saying that that was not worth $30. And I think yeah. I mentioned it in my review. It makes sense if you're going in this with a family of four, mm-hmm. five, and you, you know, I mean, you're not split, splitting the bill with the kids, but obviously it's, yeah. you know, four or five people are watching it as opposed to just me or me and my girlfriend. And I, mm. and I would, another thing too, is PG 13. It didn't seem very kid friendly. I, I will say that it was one of the live mm. actions that didn't really target kids. If I'm being honest, it was a 13 PG 13. That's exactly what it seemed like. Mm. Um, more of the fight choreography. And, um, uh, I, I don't know really who they were marketing to. Uh, in this in this film, so yeah, it, it has me have me feeling a cu- couple different ways, but you know, it, it's going to be interesting to kind of see it. Uh, your take on it too when you do watch it uh, later in December, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. another thing too. I actually might as well just throw it up too. If you guys don't know what we're talking about in December, uh, kind of the fine print that that they had talked about right here. Uh, let me throw this up really quick. Was that Disney's Mulan? which came out this weekend will be available for free to Disney plus subscribers. Uh, so that that's, that's a good thing. I mean, if you guys are, uh, you know, not feeling that $30 price point. Uh, so let us know uh, if you guys are going to be checking that out. December 4th, uh, 2020 guys. Um, I feel like it's going to get a spike obviously in that just for the fact that it is free now. Free, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll yeah see how man. that goes. Yeah, but uh, I want to say what's up to everybody in the chat. We got Luke Reviews. We got Tony Movie Chappie back in here. Q Reviews saying what's up. Uh, he digs the haircut, E. So oh, appreciate the it. Of the haircut. Appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, man. Very, very cool. All right. Um, has Cobra Kai been a, a show that you checked out yet? I know we had talked about it, I think, on a podcast previous, but. Not quite yet. I got to uh, find the time to check it out, man, because I've been reading a lot of good reviews. Well, I've back when it came out two years ago, I heard how great it was yeah. uh, for season one. Uh, some people saying it's better than Stranger Things and this, this that, and the other. So, yeah, I'll, I'll eventually I mean, sit down and, and, and catch up on it, but I haven't quite yet. Yeah. I, I, comparing Cobra Kai to Stranger Things is like night and day. It's like two different worlds, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's interesting that there, that people are really holding this in high praise. And it actually, uh, Cobra Kai did pull in ahead of Lucifer as Netflix's most popular TV show. Um, mm-hmm. That's interesting because that was something that has six, seven seasons, something like that, right? Or it's on seven so, seasons, yeah. maybe? And Netflix had to revise it because I know it was canceled on on what was it CW or Fox or something? So mm-hmm. it has a big, big cult following, which doesn't surprise me. There's a lot of devil worships out there. So no, but yeah, <laughs> I, I don't understand that people love Lucifer, like love Lucifer. So right, right, most definitely. So uh, this is brought to us by G Reels, and uh, he says there's a new champion in the world of Netflix TV shows. The first two seasons of Cobra Kai debuted on the streaming service over the weekend. Like we had mentioned, guys, it did come out on YouTube Red a couple of years ago. Uh, that's where I caught the first season. I didn't follow up with the second one, but I'm actually mm-hmm. gonna binge that one very, very soon. My girlfriend and I, we both watched it. And it's very rare to kind of see a you know a, a show that we both watch, um, mm-hmm. but Netflix, which is now proclaiming the Karate Kid series an original since it will be home for its third season, which debuts next year, is calling it a win for Cobra Kai, which quickly became the top show on the streamer in just a weekend, which was I think wow. the weekend of August twenty eighth, a couple of weekends ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, no, last weekend. I'm sorry, last weekend. Uh, so Lucifer was the previous show to take over Netflix's top 10, uh, but it has now fallen to number three, thanks to Cobra Kai and the frozen ground. Do you know much about the frozen ground? No, that, no, I'm not I haven't heard about that one. Show or, yeah, I'm not familiar with that at all. The frozen I be- ground. 
Yeah, I believe it's a show. Uh, so Cobra Kai made its debut on Friday, and by Saturday morning, the show was trending number one. The series Jeez. was already popular on YouTube Red, but it did not receive the kind of viewership exposure that it's gotten from Netflix. Um, I mean, that was to be expected. I mean, y- they put so many shows on on that uh, YouTube Red, and I think this was the only one that really hit, if I'm being completely mm-hmm. honest. And I think... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think just be, just based off of the talk, they were like, "Hey, we gotta, uh, you know, either Netflix reached out to them or vice versa, and they were like, "Hey, yeah, we're interested. I mean, your numbers are probably looking great, and uh, let's take a chance on these guys." But um, it's it's a story that it seems very low budget. I mean, the Karate Kid movies just had heart. That's basically what it was, right? Um, I don't mm. know if you ever saw any of the all the Karate Kids movies that they came out with, but yeah, it's just about yeah. the, it's more about the message. I mean, it's not stranger thing level where you have a lot of you know cgi or anything of that nature but a lot of message involved yeah and, and also the uh the frozen ground is apparently a thriller starring nicholas cage john husack uh cusack mm-hmm. and vanessa hutchins so and it came out in 2013 so i guess oh, wow. uh people were excited to see that but no uh yeah i mean karate kid i appreciate the films for what they are i don't revisit them too often uh yeah. especially like the one with Hillary Swank and things of that nature. And then the Jaden Smith one, I don't really, you know, re- which I know they have no connection at all, but yeah, I, I guess it's just, I'm, I'm not t- like the whole Bill and Ted thing. It's like the same thing. Like I, I wasn't connected to that universe. It's those characters. So I really wasn't like, Oh, they're making a show about it. Uh, but like I said, I hear so many great things about it. And I know Q says something about it's like the perfect amount of cheesiness and fun. So, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe I'll, you know, that sounds, I like my heavy shows, my, fault-provoking shows but it's always good to have like a fun show to watch as well so i'll I'll eventually come around to it hopefully yeah no i was i was the same way man i was like when i heard that the announcement of this i was like the movies were fine but i don't i can't see Mm -hmm. this expanded you know decades later on i I really didn't find it interesting just exploring these guys lives as they're older it wasn't that much until i started watching and i was okay this makes sense they're Mm -hmm. kind of passing the torch to the younger generation which they're doing in most of these shows and movies you know and stuff so Which is fine. Uh, Q also said, my girl said Cobra Kai is a soap opera for men. <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot of bromance in that. You, you, you do got a lot of bromance. Uh, well, I guess so, since you've seen it, is the is the, is the the hand-to-hand combat, the choreography pretty like incredible? Or is it you know for the TV budget or the design? And that was another thing, too, now that you mention it. Um, these old men are moving. I'll say old men because I'm going to be there like in 10 years. But these guys <laughs> are, are moving around pretty well for their age. Um, yeah. And it's not too, it's not like, you know, quick shaky cam, like t- the movie Taken or anything, but yeah. um, they're doing a pretty good job of hand-to-hand combat showing that, you know, these guys are still up there in age. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, still, you know, on, on, on par with their skills at their age. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it looks pretty good, I, but it's more of an introduction of, of passing on certain styles of fighting so obviously uh and i forget the 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 main character's names uh but you have the cobra kai dojo which more focused on uh you know i think we had mentioned it before it was like strike first show no mercy it's basically um you know uh that it's more of a of a of a bloodthirsty fighting style as opposed to more of the zen like uh from the opposing uh uh, character who's more on it's like good versus evil you know, mm. basically, and you get two different styles and then that leads to two different um, ways of thinking just in life. So I think uh, yeah. the message is there, like I said, and uh, okay. it's 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 fun. It's You get a lot of YA stuff thrown in there as well. But um, I wanted to jump to this chat and ask you this question. Uh, Tony movie asks, but if Black Widow was on Disney Plus for $30 and a lot of people would pay for that, would you pay $30 as opposed to uh, this Mulan or um, 
Someone had asked me last week too. Uh, what if uh, Halloween Kills was for thirty dollars on streaming? Mm. Would you would you pay thirty dollars for that? I, I don't know, man. That's a tough question to ask. I personally, I don't know. I don't. Uh, it depends, I guess. I would. I, w- I guess I would say I would try harder to figure mm. it out than I did with Mulan. It's like once I wasn't able to get the screen, I was just like, ah, eh, whatever. And I didn't want to. There's ways I could have gotten Mulan. I just didn't really seek it out as much as I could have. So to answer yeah. the question, I think. If if Black uh, Widow was available for thirty dollars, I would figure out a way to see it uh, and and okay. find out not to pay the full thirty dollars. Uh, but yeah, maybe a discount code or something, huh? Something, something, <laughs> man. Or I'll be at knocking on Disney's door, like give me the damn code, give me the damn screener. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like with a movie that I know is backed by a big company like I mean, it's still Disney, but uh, yeah. like a Marvel. Marvel I think yeah, because we, we've seen so many of those movies. Um, yeah, yeah, I know it's probably gonna be more visually amazing. I would probably spend out spend thirty dollars because with the Mulan thing, you got a lot of visually nice locations and settings, but it wasn't a lot lot going on. That's the whole thing. So I, I guess it depends. And that's another thing too is rewatchability. Like if I'm gonna pay thirty dollars for Mulan, I know from what I gather, I don't know if this is something I'm gonna constantly rewatch. Halloween yeah. and Black Widow, I'm pretty confident that I'm gonna re- want to rewatch those multiple times. So that that's another thing that plays into it. Like you said, it already has the existing IP. You know kind of what to expect with Marvel and coming up the Halloween sequel. So I would feel more comfortable, you know, doing yeah. that amount versus like Mulan. It's the first live action to Mulan. It's coming off of a shaky uh, track record with Disney remake. So, yeah. 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 That's another thing too. The track record of, of live action Disney to me is not that great. So it's, yeah. you know, it's not Teflon like uh, the Marvel films. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, let us know guys. I mean, uh, Q said he would pay $30 for Halloween, but let us know, uh, let us know what movies you would pay for $30. I'm kind of, kind of curious. I think that's the most expensive they have out there. Cause I think mm-hmm. before that, I think it was, they were saying uh, there was like twenty four ninety nine for something I had seen a while back, and then thirty dollars is probably the max I've ever seen. So, uh, wasn't Ted, Bill, Bill and Ted was twenty five, wasn't it? it? It possibly it might it might have yeah. been yeah, yeah. And they're they're trying to push that I think right away to to four K and and recoup a lot of that money as well. Yeah. All right, next story, guys. Uh, we got some more TV news. So Netflix. Uh, this is Game of Thrones territory right here. So Game of Thrones creators David. Benioff and D.B. Weiss set sci-fi drama The Three-Body Problem as their first Netflix series. I kind of did gloss this over before. And uh, so the duo has set their first TV world building by adapting the Chinese sci-fi book trilogy The Three-Body Problem, the story of humanity's first contact with an alien civilization, written by Chinese author Liu, uh, I can't pronounce that, Sixin, Sijin, maybe? Can't really pronounce that, but um, yeah. What do you think about that? I mean, we're we're going to. Uh, it looks like in this picture here, it looks like a, a pyramids of Egypt. Uh, yeah, but times, yeah, yeah. Are, are you are you big into uh, <laughs> alien? Uh, you know these like uh, what's that TV show that's real big? Ancient aliens stuff like that. Are you real big into that or no? Yeah, no space and space uh, exploring this the the outer realms of of deep space is definitely something that fascinates me. And you know, uh, I know you haven't watched Game of Thrones, but they're uh, they're let's just say they're not in the goodwill of their fans, uh, to say the least, um, with how, how things ended off. with season eight. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I'm not as as 
I'm one of those people where I, I'm not one of those like, what have you done for me lately type of viewers. I remember what they did with Game of Thrones, seasons one through six being like incredible television. Yeah. Uh, so I'll never forget that. But again, within that conversation, a lot of people bring up, well, the first four seasons, the first five seasons maybe of Game of Thrones were like really into the book. They really followed it, adapted the book more where the rest of the seasons, six, seven, and eight were more there carrying off on the story before uh you know the writer were to make his his book so that's what makes me a look really interested in this because apparently they're going to be adapting the book and they're great adapters they can adapt to someone's work and bring it to the big screen so i'm excited for that so it's when they venture off that might not be as strong but so i i'm i'm looking forward to it because again people forget game of thrones the first five six seasons were literally some of the best tv Ever. So it, it, it yeah. gets me excited for it, man, for sure. And, and Netflix, they're going to give them bazillions of dollars to do what they want to do in regards to bring uh, this story to the to the small screen in this case. Yeah, no, and I totally agree with what you said as far as um, people tend to just kind of remember that last season or the last couple of episodes, how it left off. Uh, yeah. That's with any that's with anything, any series exactly. usually. Exactly. And, yeah. and then they totally neglect the 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 journey to get to that destination right mm -hmm. and it's yeah. uh it's pretty sad it's actually i mean we're just we're just viewers right? mm -hmm. <laughs> these are people creating these worlds spending and, uh, years like the dedication God, yeah. the time missing time with their family if they have kids like that's what again and that's a whole deeper conversation about fandom and how again how people forget yeah. the goodwill that they build and they just remember oh you ruined my game of thrones like i'll never look at it again. like it's like come on guys you're taking it too seriously but that's just me. yeah yeah. Now the the whole topic of um, making first contact with aliens. Uh, mm -hmm. If they, I always heard, you know, um, well, just based off of you know watching those ancient alien shows, is mm -hmm. that uh, a lot of the hieroglyphs and stuff kind of pointed to, um, yeah. you know, just seeing things in the sky, you know, yeah. uh, that that didn't look of this earth, right? So right, is that right. kind of you know, uh, are you interested in kind of exploring <clears> that deeper? Yeah, I mean, just like that picture you showed, the pyramids, it just it still baffles me during those times how they were able to build stuff like that with no technology, no cranes yeah. to help them lift bricks. So it makes you wonder if there were some extraterrestrials that were involved in building some of those uh, uh, world wonders, you know, whether it be yeah. pyramids or certain caveman stone uh things or whether it be uh, hell back you know bridges and all that stuff back in the day so it makes you wonder what what all went involved in that so yeah like i said it, it fascinates me to the to the upneath degree so i'm really looking forward to see what they do with this and the cast obviously and, and it'll probably be three or four years before we see this series but um, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it you know i'm right on board with you that, all that stuff really fascinates me especially when you see these marvels you know as mm -hmm. far as you know these things that do not look man-made whatsoever. Even the explanation exactly. of, of, well, okay, well, we, you know, there was pulley systems on how to move these yeah, 20 ton. Yeah. 20, yeah. Yeah, you <laughs> 20, see how skinny those, like they literally, they didn't eat the same way we ate. They were like no. literally so small. Like you telling me, okay. Very, okay. Yeah, very mal, uh, they were basically just malnourished slaves is what they were that yeah. were supposedly, uh, doing this stuff i mean i've seen pictures i've heard so many things but th they're not convincing me that that can yeah, right. you know possibly be happening nobody nowadays could do that physically you know pulling right. 20 20 ton brick or whatever they are you know and uh, it's me with that man god yeah no i'm right there i'm right there <laughs> along with you man <laughs> i don't think that's much of a conspiracy theory i think it's pretty much like a lot of people are kind of 
agree, agree when it comes to stuff like that. But uh, mm -hmm. let us know what you guys think, man, in the comments down below or in the chat. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're aliens involved in some of these seventh wonders of the world. I, I'd love to hear people's thoughts on that. But jumping to the next story, and uh, I know you're a fan of Scream. Uh, so we got now some more news, and you saw the boys. So uh, you get Jack mm -hmm. Quaid to star in Scream Five. Uh, so the boy star Jack Quaid, this is brought to us by Updates and Cinema, by the way, has joined the cast of Scream Five per Deadline. No word on who he'll be playing yet. Are you excited to see him join the slasher? Uh, I don't even know what you call this. Uh, five. So it's not a trilogy, quadrology. What would be a five? <laughs> what would that be? I yeah, I don't even. I don't even know, man. But <laughs> but the fifth one. <laughs> But the fifth one, yeah. Um, so I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I said this in my season one of the boys and, and the first three episodes of the boys. Huey's not my cup of tea, man. I'm not a big Jack Quay. I don't think he's it's a mixture of his acting and it's a mixture of the lack of care for the character. I don't care for Huey, if I'm being honest, but nonetheless, Scream, he's either a the killer. I think it's pretty, you know, he has that look. Uh, he does in, have a look, yeah. In regards, like, you don't expect him to be the killer. He's going to probably play it off, uh, you know, kind of a nerdy character, but I think he may be the killer. Uh, but if he's not the killer, if they want to get another boys actor in the mix, give me Anthony Starr as Ghostface, uh, the Homelander character. I would love to see mm -hmm. him be the killer because he's such, he plays the villain so well. But, no, I mean, it, again, it doesn't get me overly excited because what I've seen from him, again, is basically the boys. I haven't been impressed by him in, as that character, so... Hopefully he'll prove me wrong. And like I said, it, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to probably be the killer in the film. Interesting, because uh, I kind of on the opposite fence as far as I grew to like his character. Of course, I mean, in The Boys uh, season one, we saw that he was the more nerdy character that kind of was a pushover, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. he kind of grew. I'm not going to say to be a badass, but he kind of grew into this shell. For me, at least. For me, he did. I, I'm not there yet, dude, because like okay. I feel like his relationship with his father, Rob and stuff, it just got, got pushed on the back burner. And he had to me, he hasn't broken out. He's still the same dude that we saw from episode one. He's always mm -hmm. like, no, I'm not doing this or should we really i don't want to get butchered like i don't know i just feel like he's just so annoying <laughs> i think he's just such an <laughs> annoying character and i think what really hurts him is like i don't think he's on the same level as butcher i don't think he's on the same level as homelander the new sword for i think he's the weakest of like acting wise i don't think he's on the same caliber like he doesn't give me the same you know beats from uh the actors in the role so hopefully hopefully they'll change man I, i'm just not i'm not team huey i'm not team huey I can care less if he dies in this. I was hoping that they oh, man. <laughs> killed him in episode three, but no. Man, well, there you go. Let us know what you guys think of uh, of that character joining Scream 5. Or what are you guys' thoughts on Scream 5 uh, just overall? I mean, we're getting a lot of, you know, uh, cast kind of rolling out every week, right? So this is something that... um. And by the way, I've been watching a lot of like David Arquette on podcasts. I just caught uh, parts of that. Uh, you can't kill David Arquette, the, the, the documentary and stuff. Mm -hmm. This guy's still got a, a couple of screws loose, if I'm being honest, man. I, I'm kind of interested to see how he's going to perform in this because mm -hmm. he even said it in a, in a, in a podcast, <clears throat> excuse me, a podcast that I saw um, about a week and a half ago is that after Scream, he got typecasted. A lot of people did not want to hire him because they, yeah. they he played that goofy kind of the Dewey character, and mm. yet he's here again. And I think this is the only role that he can possibly get as far as being on the big screen. Maybe on the smaller yeah. screen, he has a lot more um, leverage to kind of say like, "Hey, I've been in Hollywood for a while," but yeah, you haven't been on the big screen for decades, man. As far as uh, from what I remember. Hey. Um, 
I'm sure there's some actors that's been trying to get into the game for 20, 30 plus years. They would take yeah. his take that typecast any day of the week, right? Because at least he's known mm-hmm. for something iconic, which is the Scream franchise. Yeah. So I know as a as a creator, we don't want to put ourselves in a box, but sometimes yeah. putting yourself in that box pays the bills. And ha- at least he has a name. He's married to you know he was married to movie stars Cody, in the past. So Cox, you know yeah. you take the wins with the losses sometimes. But you know. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, and there's a lot of uh, prideful actors that won't do that. And I think he's one that yeah. just kind of is a little more logical as far as like, this is what I'm going to get. That's right, fine. I got right. bills to pay. I got kids, you know, I got a exactly, you know, exactly. wife and stuff. So, yeah. So, all right, guys, um, jumping to this next story. And this one seems pretty interesting from an amazing actor in my eyes. I'm, I'm sure you like uh, him as well. Adam Driver uh, mm-hmm. to star in sony's sci-fi thriller called 65 so once again updates in cinema is bringing this to us a quiet place writer scott beck and brian woods will write and direct the sci-fi thriller with sam raimi attached to produce hell yes so no words on the pro no words on the plot or any other detail so stay tuned so it's still in the beginning stages um a lot to kind of just kind of allude to so first Mm -hmm. off you got adam driver you got sam raimi you got the quiet place writers attached and it's called 65, so comma 65. So it's going to take place in 1965, uh, from what I'm guessing. Right. Uh, right. Thoughts? What are your initial thoughts with all those little <laughs> pieces kind of attached? Yeah, man, these are some great pieces to put together on, on, a, uh, on a puzzle, man. Uh, Adam Driver, I think, is probably this generation's best actor, or at least maybe in the last five years, to say the least, with you know everything he's done. Uh, but, I mean, he, he he's dabbled in sci-fi, whether it be, you know, obviously Star Wars and then that one film uh, with the little kid uh, and Michael Shannon. I can't think of the name of it right now. He's like, has powers or whatever but no i mean adam driver he he can do it all man he's a chameleon he could do comedy he could do star wars he could do marriage story he can do snl like he is and the first time i saw him was girls actually on hbo and i'm like dude this guy is fantastic so i mean like i said i think he's one of the best working today you say Sam Raimi's involved, you know, the writers from Quiet Place uh, either takes place in 65, 1965, or they go back and I don't go back in time. I don't know, man, this Adam Driver sells me. He just attaches a name. I'm already excited for it. Yeah, no, most definitely. I, I hear that. I think it will take place probably in 1965. I feel like he has that look um, uh, yeah. going back, mm-hmm. going back to like Atticus Freeman uh, that we had talked about um, with uh, Lovecraft Country. How I had mentioned how he kind of has that look where he can he can play present day or a, or a or a more timepiece uh, actor. Right. He has that look. Yeah. So I think same with Adam Driver. I mean, maybe it's the long hair. I don't know. The long Keanu hair. He can kind of play that maybe uh, <laughs> throw on a leather jacket or even like a, a Levi's denim jacket jack and he sucked it back into 1965 right so uh yeah. it's gonna be interesting with those names attached i love sam raimi i love quiet place um mm-hmm. you know so it's gonna be interesting to see where that goes plot wise i i have i can't even fathom like i can't even but it said it's gonna be a thriller mm-hmm. um i'm I, I, the only thing i can think of 65 possibly some murders going on there was a lot of stuff that was going on uh post uh or pre big brother right so pretty much eye in the sky where you, there was a lot of serial killers going on in the 60s and, and 70s mm-hmm. and stuff because they, yeah. these guys were hard to kind of find uh, hard to get to sometimes um maybe we can have some involvement with that or i don't know i'm just trying to think yeah. of uh, how they can implement the, uh, the the thriller aspect of everything so and robert yeah, brought like, yeah midnight special that was the name of the film i couldn't remember the name of it Mm, okay very very cool yeah i haven't seen that one i gotta check that one out i didn't even heard it. and i it's love good. michael shannon too yeah, yeah it's a really check good one out 
Okay, most definitely. Let us know what you guys think of that story in the chat or in the comments below. All right, so next one up, we have some Gerard Butler and Frank Grillo news. They're teaming up for a new action thriller. It's called Cop Shop, which is probably the dumbest name, I think. I don't know. I, I, when, I when I saw that, I was like, God, how, how early 2000s can you get with a name? <laughs> but Coming yeah, soon. Cop Shop. Uh, cop Shop. You know, uh, but uh, this sounds like I don't know what this sounds like, but cop shop. <laughs> all right, here we go. Gerard Butler and Frank Giller will star in Joe Carnahan directed action thriller cop shop. Oh. The film sees a small okay. town. Yeah. Do you know that? Do you know that director offhand? I don't uh, know. That. Yeah, I love Joe Carnahan. Uh, so yeah, once you once you said that, it literally just like got me super excited, actually, because he is a, a really good, entertaining director for me. What 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 kind of what movies did he do? Because I offhand, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm blanking on some of his film. I know he was supposed to do Bad Boys Three. Uh, what did Joe do? Oh my goodness! Sorry, I don't tip my tongue, dude. Uh, but continue with the story. I'm gonna look it up because I'm blanking on yeah. his work right now. No but worries, no worries. Uh, like, oh, oh yeah, I love him. I pulled it up. He actually did a uh, Narc, Smoking Aces, uh, yes. the Gray, the Gray, which was real fun with uh Liam Neeson. Yep. Liam Neeson. Yep. Yeah. So he has oh, some good action ones under his belt. That's awesome. He's a very distinct director, and I like that about him. He's kind of balls to the wall. Yeah, most definitely. So the film sees a small-town police uh, station becomes the unlikely battleground between a professional hitman, Butler, and smart rookie female cop. I wonder who's, who's going to play the female cop. And a double-crossing con man, Grillo, who seeks revenge behind bars with no place left to turn. Casting for the female lead is in the process. I love it already. It sounds like it's going to be a one-setting type of movie, which... I love, I mean, claustrophobic movies to me are the best. Uh, it, it really, uh, you, you have to elaborate kind of on these characters and the situations around this one setting. Um, and in this one, it seems like there's going to be some kind of, uh, yeah, it's just an unlikely battleground between two professional hitmen. So Butler versus Grillo in Cop Shop. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, man? Hey, man, this might be a hot take, but Butler and Gorillo are the B-list uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. They're, they're keeping <laughs> that B-list, straight-to-DVD, you know, world-ending, Punisher-ish type films alive. Like, they, they're they the mm. guys that keep those, especially with the Fallen franchise uh, with Gerard Butler yeah. and you know, Frank Gorillo appears in, you know, these fight films all the time. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it sounds like it's going to be fun. You know they're going to be beefed up juiced up dudes and again it's gonna be sylvester yeah. versus uh, uh arnold in a, in a kind of a like i said a, a b-list level no disrespect because b-list level b b movies are fun movies they're fun they they have they go uh, balls to the wall they don't have any restrictions they're unfiltered so i love a good b movie and i think this is going to be a great b movie to say the least yeah, no, I'm right there with you, man. A good comparison to uh, bringing those 80s action stars uh, to kind of the modern day. Um, how we were talking about David Arquette just a second ago, um, how he's fine with those roles. I feel like Gerard Butler is totally fine with these movies that he's being thrown yeah, in, yep. whether they're just average, you know, mindless action movies. I mean, how many damn Olympus movies do we get? We got three of those. So mm -hmm. it's like, he's like, I'm good. Like, I'm work. He's a working actor. He's a working yeah, actor. Exactly. He's like, I think maybe people had higher expectations when they saw 300 and they were like, this guy's like going to kill it. Right. And mm. then they were like, OK, he's kind of just like stuck in these mediocre action movies. But yeah, I have I have fun with them. I mean, I'm not I'm not complaining really because I know what you're getting. You know what you're getting into. 
right? Exactly. So, exactly. I, I, and, and honestly, he's not a he's a he's a solid actor, dude. Like I think of that movie mm-hmm. uh, with him and Jamie Fox, uh, where he was the guy on Jamie Fox was the lawyer, and he, his family was killed. Like it was some really good acting from Gerard Butler, man. So yeah. he, he he doesn't get as much credit, man. Like I say, he's in these kind of cheesy movies, but he's yeah, uh, did have, I was uh, just about to say, Dennis yeah, yeah, he's a solid actor, man. He's a really solid actor. Yeah, no, he's fine, and what he does, yeah, he he always uh, kind of brings the same presence uh, to yeah. these roles, and I think he's he's fine with that. You know, that's kind of what I was getting to is that he's fine with being these roles, and like you said, he's a working actor. And by the way, Robert uh, says uh, "cop shop" is slang for police station. I did not know that at all. There you so go. That's awesome. That's awesome to know. So, all right, so we're gonna get like a what was that old movie? Is a John Carpenter movie? A take. Um, not taking a Pelham one, two, three. It was like a, where they take over this cop station. He'll, he'll probably know this one, but it's an old, where they take over this police station, I think it is. But it was an old 80s movie, I want to say. Maybe 70s? Not really sure. But it, it kind of kind of reminded me of that. But mm-hmm. let me know, Robert, if you know in the chat, man. But he's he's naming a bunch of, uh, let's see, uh, Greenland is coming. Yep, so Greenland is, I think Greenland did come, did that come out in select leaders? I think uh, select theaters, and I think it's going to have a wide release in, uh, next weekend or two weekends yeah. from now. Okay, so that's it. So you got so we throw him into action movies, natural disaster movies. I think he's fine with the roles that he's that he's possibly being in. Yeah, um, and that's yeah. fine. All right, so jumping to another one, and man, I know you don't like this franchise, and I'm kind of furious when I saw this. Uh, but we're getting the actor of Hugo Weaving sharing that he's not part of this. I don't know if this was news that was brought to light before that he wasn't going to be part of this, but this was news to me early in the week uh, mm-hmm. is that he kind of had a, I think he might've auditioned and he never got a callback or something, but this is anyway, this is from uh, um, Hugo saying uh, that he shared his thoughts saying that I thought we could have done his uh, scenes in May, June and July. And we talked about money and we talked about, they were negotiating and we're all pretty much sorted and agreed on dates and it was fine. But then Lana decided she didn't think it was going to work. Mm. So she pulled the plug on the negotiations. So for whatever reason, um, the scenes with Hugo were not working. I don't know if this is saying that he filmed them already or he was filming them. Uh, I thought we could have many scenes done my scenes. Okay. So, I, I guess this, this was the uh, um, when they had to reopen after COVID, uh, shut everything down. I think they had started scheduling things open again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, so, right, right. But for whatever reason, Lana said that it wasn't going to work, so she pulled the negotiate a uh, plug on the negotiations. That's where it ended. She basically didn't feel my commitment to the Nash to the National Theater was going to fit in with the dates that she had in mind for me. This is interesting. What are your thoughts uh, hearing that? This is from uh, Hugo, by the way. So normally we see uh, creative differences or we see the word uh, conflict, schedule conflicts. And I think this is exactly what that is, but it's like more in depth. So like as it's kind of as he says, you know, they were planning on doing scenes. They were negotiating the deal. I, OK, I'm going to make an appearance here, schedule this date. But then as COVID hit, as production halted, you know, he has his commitment to this theater. And she probably was just like, hey, you know, I don't want, you know. It, it sounds like he his scenes might have not have been as integral to the story as we might have thought it is. So it's just like it's yeah. easy enough to kind of write it out. So it's unfortunate because he is, you know, besides Neo, people know The Matrix for, you know, and Trinity, obviously, and Morpheus. But it's, you know, yeah. I mean, 
Agent Smith is like Mr. Anderson. Like literally, he's like when you think of some oh, people yeah. might only think of the Matrix because of uh, you know, Mr. Anderson or uh, uh Agent Smith. So it's unfortunate, but I, I would assume where if they couldn't make it work, then his his role wasn't that important. And it's interesting because you can't, to me, just recast him because he is a virus. He's some, someone that's supposed to have actually a look to him, uh, even though like his. They, even they might do it because they're doing that with uh, yeah, yeah, with uh, Morpheus. He's going to be a younger Morpheus, so they'll probably have some new agent and you know explain why he looks different with the computer system or something. Yeah, and that's and that's piggybacking off of uh, us losing Morpheus, which is uh, man. I mean, I we had talked about you know there might be. Um, you know, introduction to these younger characters, and that's yeah, okay. It's just time travel involved in this film. I feel like something which you can do totally. You can do. I mean, in the Matrix, we've seen we've seen him do crazier things in Matrix Three, right? So, yeah. um, but it's just, <clears throat> it's I guess it's just disheartening because once again, he was such a, a a pivotal point to this uh to the plot of of kind of looking the same because he was a particular character, whether he was a virus or not. Even the guys all mm -hmm. around him. They all looked, uh, you know, they were different actors as well. So I guess in that right, sense, right. Um, but then going off of like Matrix 2 and 3, he was like multiplying himself. So we're just so used to seeing this character so much on screen that it's like only he, only he could be the face of trying to infiltrate the Matrix or, or infiltrate the, the, the real world and get to Zion and, and, you know, things of that nature, if you guys don't know yeah. the lore. But um, it's, it's, it's another sad loss, but yeah. It's, yeah, this is this is an interesting film, man. Because again, like you said, the Morpheus stuff is gonna hit people and, and rub people the wrong way. This news, so yeah, I'm still excited for it because again, even though I I don't like Matrix two and three, uh, I like two more than th th three. Is just a disastrous film to me personally. Um, but the, obviously, the first one is legendary. Um, but it's gonna be really interesting to see what they do with this film. Obviously, Keanu Reeves' his name is in the in is. Uh, at an all-time high uh mm -hmm. as well as you know trinity coming back so i don't know man it's, it's gonna be really interesting to see that first trailer for this film to see what kind of what, what the story is actually going to be about yeah i'm gonna have to understand the conflict i guess um i don't i don't want to get too much into what the third story is about uh i actually enjoy the third one yes it had it was probably my least favorite i just um i i feel like things happened in that one that we weren't expecting and it, it, it did seem a bit jumbled uh, and I don't know if that led to people wanting to see Matrix more. I was fine with the way it ended, I guess, because mm -hmm. it left me loving the first one so much more, you know, kind of seeing well, the birth of everything. So I, I don't know. That's thing with the third one and not to spoil it too much, but it's just like the fact that it happens over and over and over. it just is it's just a cop out to me it's just like oh well he could just mm. read i don't know i just didn't like the the way that they explain how this is like this has been going on forever mm. yeah but. it's i guess that <laughs> matrix world it just fascinates people so much that they just want to keep seeing more and more of it and that's fine yeah. um and like you said keanu's the you also have to look at it not only from the fan standpoint but also yeah he's at the peak of his career why mm -hmm. would the you know wachowski sisters not want to take an advantage of that and, yeah. and probably like they're probably like you know i mean the script has been the script was probably written right after three if i'm being honest but it was just kind of just sitting there and they were just watching keanu just take off like a freaking steam engine right after those movies you know uh after 2000s man it was he was on you know up there he was getting up there for sure and as of recently he's the top 
top dog right now. So why not take advantage? Uh, strike when the iron is hot. So it's like before, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, Keanu, I, I don't want to put this as a main story because it was just a quote, but Keanu was saying, I'm going to do uh, John Wick until my legs give out. I'm sure you saw that right. quote. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, let's get him because he only has probably another five-year window, <laughs> if I'm being honest, you know? Yeah, I mean he can. I mean he can still do the more. I mean Liam Neeson is you know almost ten years older than him, and Tom Cruise is a little yeah. bit older than him, so they can make you know he can make it happen. Uh, but yeah, going back to the you know the Matrix, I think all, another thing that's going to play into this story is obviously we've humanity is involved, technology is involved, so they were probably waiting for. You know, and I don't know if they're going to play into what time, like if, if it's going to be 2023 when the film comes out and if they're going to embrace that time or if we're going to be like way in advance in the future. So I think it's uh, uh, it's going to only benefit the story that technology has advanced so much since the last time we saw The Matrix. OK, OK. All right, guys, let us know if you want another Matrix in the chat or if you guys uh, in the in the comments below, if you guys watching us in the replay. Uh, and by the way, make sure you guys are hitting that like and uh, subscribe to all of our social medias down below. This actually just popped up on my phone. I was checking this out. So we have actually a breaking news uh, as far as a Sunday. Uh, this is interesting right here. Uh, let me see, because this is to me, this is pretty in- uh, interesting, exciting news. So uh, we just got a news development that uh, Ridley Scott confirms the next Alien film is still oh, in development. Yeah, he also teased. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he may. Uh, to me, this is breaking news, though. <laughs> it may be a new story unconnected to Prometheus and Covenant. Now, were you a fan of those last two movies? Because I thought they were okay. A lot of people hate those movies, though. But what are your thoughts on Prometheus and Co- Alien Covenant? I enjoy him, man. I really yeah. do enjoy, especially Prometheus and kind of you know the engineers and all that stuff. And then Alien Covenant, man. I, I, I Alien, Aliens, and Alien Covenant. They're like top three to me, dude. Like I, I really enjoy him going back to the more slasher, horrific vibes of the first one. And 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 the visual effects were incredible, man. I like the David character played by Michael Fassbender. So yeah, mm. man, I, I like those stories. But the thing that sucks to me when I saw this last night was like a new story. It's like, wh- why are you, <laughs> why can't you just continue the lore, dude? Like, why are you branching well, off yet again? If, if I'm guessing it's because of the, of maybe the backlash of people not liking those last two movies. I don't know really how they did financially. Um, a lot of people think Prometheus was like a snooze fest. And it's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like it didn't have the, the heat of the first three movies and i think the third the third one uh, a lot of people did not like uh if i'm being I, honest I didn't I, like it. yeah david yeah Fincher one. yeah yeah so maybe they're just trying to connect it to that alien's name um i mean they're, they're still you know trying to bring it alive with alien covenant but maybe just go back to the roots of those three ones i don't know i'm just i'm just kind of spitballing it here is is that i heard a lot of mixed reviews about the last two even though you and i both enjoyed it for what it was so that's the only thing i can think of maybe but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I know he's just like James Cameron loves to see, you know, going underwater with his Avatar trilogy. Really, Scott loves going into space. I don't know if you got a chance to check out Raised by Wolves on HBO Max, but that has a very alien vibe yeah, yeah. to it. So I don't know. I'm, it's unfortunate because I, I want to see that continuation of that universe and Prometheus, Alien, Covenant. And I believe he was supposed to do Alien Paradise, which was going to show you the engineer's planet. We we're going to finally meet the engineers. And I wanted to see that and, yeah. and see how David and everything was going to play out, how, uh, especially the Indian of covenant. So I don't know. Yeah. He's, he, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed, but he's not continuing this. Yeah. 
All right, let us know what you guys think in the chat or the comments below about that oh, and, story. And not to not to derail. I know uh, Tony Movie, as we know, their handle is number one Neil Blumkamp fan. I know that they were probably upset because he was supposed to do Aliens Five, and he got really Scott like completely mm, scrapped right. his Alien Five. So I know uh, Tony's probably like, oh, really Scott edit yet again another disappointing Alien thing. Yeah, like you said, like they said, uh, please finish the David story. Uh, Rob says Alien Covenant bombed out the box office, so that's kind of what it was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tony saying uh, Alien Three: The Assembly Cut is my favorite of the Alien franchise. Very unpopular opinion. The Assembly oh, yes. Cut. I'm not very unpopular. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, I'm not. I'm not familiar with this Assembly Cut. Have you heard of that one? Is that like? Um... I mean, I haven't seen Assembly Cut, but if they still have Newt dying and all the original people from Aliens 2, I'm still not going to like that film because I thought that was the (laughs) dumbest thing to kill those characters from Aliens. Yeah. All right. I got to revisit those movies, too. I don't I don't remember a thing about them. I'm being completely honest, but uh, let's stick with the horror news. And this is just a little tidbit. But let me ask you, we've been talking about the Evil Dead uh reboot or re- whatever they're going to want to want to do with it a sequel mm-hmm. or reimagining and now mm-hmm. it's called Evil Dead Rise. So mm-hmm. when you think of that what they're going to do with this franchise wouldn't you think that they're going to keep it in the same setting? Well, uh the, with the, the cabin question, in the woods. Yeah, with the question you posed and I think I saw the article that it's going to be in a different setting and maybe even a different universe which it is, is. But, yeah. but initially, but initially, what where did you think it was going to yeah, be? Cabin in the Woods, right? Yeah, I thought they would have harkened back to that. But <laughs> again, as we see with this alien news that we just talked about and, and the yeah. Matrix, they're taking the IP, but then they're mm. setting it in different settings. And it's going to be not the same people we're familiar yeah. with. Uh, we might get one or two people that are familiar with. So this is Hollywood's maybe trying to reinvent the wheel of like reboots and sequels is like, we're going to take the things you're familiar with, but then we want to put a new spin on it. And hopefully we, you know, people will come out to see it. So, but yeah, most definitely. So getting back to most of us probably would think it would be a cabin in the woods, but unfortunately, so evil dead fans, I want to say, unfortunately, maybe people like this. Uh, So Bruce Campbell teases a city setting for a new movie. Yeah. Uh, It's, I mean, it's like, now we get the Necronomicon in the city, right? So it's gonna be on a. It's gonna be an app. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, countdown, man! Jeez, countdown yeah. vibes all over again. So to briefly recap, the next movie in the Evil Dead franchise is currently titled Evil Dead Rise. It's being directed by Lee Cronin, who did The Hole in the Ground. I still have not seen that. It won't feature Bruce Campbell as Ash Williams, and it's not gonna set uh, take. Uh, it's not gonna be set in a cabin in the woods. Rumored but unconfirmed at this time is that the movie will be set in some kind of high-rise skyscraper featuring Mm. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. What do you think? (laughs) And Bruce Willis. Um, uh, Look, man, I'm one of those weird dudes that is like, I like when when sometimes, so I I have my beloved franchise, but I'm not one of those people that's like, do not change the formula. Do, like, Okay, you know, if you guys got something different to bring to the audience that we may may or may not like, it's just like, just why the hell not? Sure, take it to yeah. a skyscraper, have it, you know, the elevator be the <laughs> the the main villain of the story. I don't know, so, uh, but <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know how how well versed you are as far as like if you, if you remember any of the Hellraiser uh, sequels, if you had seen any of those movies growing up mm-hmm. or just recently. 
But yeah. when they came out with the third one, and I'm not saying it's my favorite, but that was the one that sticks in my mind because they mm-hmm. went from one and two, taking it to like a more secluded, just a house, yeah, to releasing Pinhead in the city in the third one. <laughs> and I, there's a I, scene. I vaguely remember it. Vaguely remember it. Okay. I, I forget what it's called. Hellraiser 3. Oh, Hell on Earth. That's what it was called. Hell, Hell on Earth. Earth. And that's, that's the only vibe that I get from reading this. He walks into a club, a nightclub, and he nice. just starts killing everybody with with chains. With the, okay, like, yep. when you said you that, it started, I can see the scenes a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so, it's just like you know Jurassic Park. They take the the, the uh, creatures to the. I mean, people love that yeah. idea, right? Put them in the masses, and and people wreak it. Well, I don't think Eve likes this. She says, "Oh my God, no! I hope the rock isn't going to be in it." This is a joke, right? <laughs> no, definitely. Uh, I mean, th- well, skyscraper. It's rumored uh, the high rise or skyscraper is rumored as far as a setting for the mm-hmm. new Evil Dead movie. But like, I mean, we're just kind of uh, spitballing what it could be. Could be something good. Could something, uh, you know, something be something bad. Usually, uh, you know, I think when you take it to a, a city where you have numerous people that can be affected by demons or this, you know, yeah. the book of the dead. Right. I don't know. It, it could be interesting or it could be a complete like overkill of just demons just running everywhere, you know, being affected. I, I mean, don't know. either Bruce Campbell is going to be the guy in the high rise or he's going to be a snobby rich guy. Uh, and, and it's going to be a whole allegory about people that live on the streets. It's going to probably be a homeless character. And we're going to mm. see the homeless and the rich trying to fight off the demons. I mean, it's going to hopefully it's not that simp- simplistic and have a little bit more depth to it. But I, that's yeah. what I can imagine it going is like the person in the high rise is going to have to get out of their bougie ways and, and, and change them as a character and try to help these people uh, and, and, and de- defeating the evil. So we'll see. Yeah. All right, let us know what you guys like think about parasite. that one. <clears throat> yeah, very true, very true. It could have a little a different twist on it than I guess the originals, right? Yeah. Uh, but let us know, uh, horror fans, Evil Dead, Ash fans. Uh, I know a lot of people are still salty that he's not going to be part of this, but I think he's like, I'm done forever. So, all right, jumping to, to the next one, guys. The next story, we have some Zack Snyder news, and it's not about the Snyder Cut. Finally, so Netflix is already expanding Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, and this is something that we had talked about about the recasting, I think, last week of Chris D'Elia. Um, so into a universe with a prequel and a series. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, this is actually brought to us by Merck with the movies, uh, saying um, it seems Netflix Netflix must really like what they've seen from the upcoming zombie film Army of the Dead, as Netflix has already given it a franchise treatment with the planned prequel and anime series where announced today that it will take place in the same universe. So, I mean, we don't really know much about this army. Do you know much about the, the army of uh, the dead? What, what's oh. Has anything been released as far as... Besides set photos and a, a brief premise uh, or a tagline that there there's a group of army people that have to go into uh, Las Vegas uh, to, to pick up something, but it's in mm. the middle of a zombie apocalypse. So... Uh, very similar to a uh, peninsula to a certain extent. Uh, so mm. I think uh, it'll be really, I mean, Zack Snyder going back to the roots of his first film, uh, Dawn and Dead, that gets me super excited. And then knowing the Zack Snyder, uh, you know, he's a visual director. I- I'm actually really excited for this film, but this is smart for Netflix, man. Whether people yeah. love him or hate him, his name right now is like, he's the most like talked about director in Hollywood. And he hasn't put out a film since 
technically bvs since 2016 so his name is selling right now twitter is blowing up so i think this is smart for now i thought they would have did this with old guard and had like a prequel on a tv series but they you know that that's the one thing netflix does not have they don't have that they're making prestigious films but they don't have a franchise yet so this is yeah they're banking on the Zack snyder name and uh tv show animated show series sequels it's smart for them man this is smart now, as far as the anime, uh, are you are you big into anime, and would you watch something of this nature, zombie? No, I'm, and I say that to uh, is I need to explore my anime because people tell me there's so much out there that's just so fantastic. So I haven't dove into that universe yet, but I think uh, they're probably going anime because they probably want to get nuts. They probably want to show you what happened when the zombie apocalypse happened, but they don't want to dish out three hundred million dollars to do so. So. I think when it comes to that, they're probably just budgetary reasons they want to tell the story uh, in that matter. And also going back, going back to Train of Peninsula, there is a prequel to that, and I believe the prequel to uh, Train of Bastana is an oh, animated yeah. film. And there's also right. we talked about the, the Matrix earlier. There's an animated Matrix, so I think mm-hmm. they use animation to be like, we really want to go sci-fi, we really want to go crazy, but we don't want to spend a bunch. So let's tell it in an animated form, uh, and then follow yeah. it up with like a live-action TV show or a sequel or whatnot. That's very well said. I totally forgot about the anime animatrix. I think it was called. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's all, I I still haven't caught that one either. But um, yeah, here's the synopsis right here. So Army of Dead is set amid a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas. Almost reminds me of that Resident Evil. What was it? Resident Evil Three and uh, Mike Epps. Trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those movies are trash. Um, during which a man assembles a group of mercenaries to take the ultimate gamble, venturing into a quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. So it's interesting to see if the show will cover how the outbreak started and will yeah. and if it will feature any of the same actors. Uh, aside from, uh, let's see, other stars in the film will be Dave Batista with Ella Purnell, uh, who did Miss. Per- Peregrine's home for the particular children as his daughter. The supporting cast will feature Omar Omari Hart. Oh shit, Omari Hardwick from Power. Nice. Okay, I love I love Power. Uh, watch. No, that's that's the 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 father. Um, oh, oh, the, the dad in Power. Yeah, Ghost. Ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raul Castillo from Atypical. Ana de la Reguera. Uh, from Nacho Libre. Oh wow, interesting. Uh, is she the one that plays the love interest in Nacho Libre? I'm, want, I'm inter- uh, wondering. Humar hmm. uh, Huma uh, Caressi, uh, Garrett Dillahunt from Deadwood, Nora Arnazender uh, from Maniac, uh, Theo Rossi from Sons of Anarchy. Wow, this cast is a fantastic. It seems like uh, Hiro- Hiroyuki uh, Sonata from The Wolverine and Matthias. Uh, I'm not going to pronounce that name. That's, that's way too hard for me. It's, it looks like a German. Schweighoffer? <laughs> Schweighoffer. Schweighoffer. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Very bad at pronouncing these. But this this cast looks stacked and the movies that they yeah. were in previous. Um, mm-hmm. Look cool, man. Yeah. Uh, 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 Omari Hardwick is a good uh, actor, but I hope they just don't kill him off right in the beginning. Usually the, the lesser known actors, they kill off right away, but I hope he doesn't get the axe right away, you know? Well, I mean, you, you mentioned it. <clears throat> Some of these people have starred in TV shows. I mean, yeah. uh, if Omari, if he does make it out or maybe doesn't, he could be one of those because he's so used to working on TV. That might be a great way. Yeah. Like, oh, that's new from Power. I'll go check out on you know mm-hmm. him on Netflix now. So, yeah, no, it, again, it's smart because, again, Zack Snyder is selling 
his name sells right now. Like I said, we haven't seen a film of his for, for four years, and he's one of the most talked about directors in Hollywood for, for better or for worse. So I'm looking forward to this, man, and I think it's going to come out next year. It's going to be this and Justice League, and, and his name is going to, again, selling. It's selling right now, man. Yeah, most definitely. I'm super uh, interested in this. Um, yeah, like I said, I mean, the it, it seems a very cut and dry, the synopsis, as far as them going in. And uh, it said to retrieve uh, or, or perform a heist. So I'm wondering what they're going in for, if it's just money, if it's gold, if it's something, an uh, artifact probably, they're looking for. The, or the, the antidote, right? The the cure for the virus probably would yeah, be. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it is in that vein of... Um, like a resident evil almost but i just hope it's uh i mean it is going to be executed better i mean you have zach snyder aboard but uh i'm just trying to like um it, it seems like a very not simple premise but a more realistic premise if there was a zombie outbreak is what i'm trying to say and um i'm sure with the budget they give him it, it's going to be look great i'm sure it's going to look amazing oh yeah oh yeah. yes that's that's I, the, like, I, I the guarantee it. that's almost like a guarantee with zach snyder yeah. it's going to look amazing yeah, and I'm just going off of what I've read. I haven't seen any of the set photos. I didn't even know any of this cast attached, if I'm being completely mm -hmm. honest. So very, very cool to know. All right, let us know. Are you guys excited for that in the chat whenever it does come out? All right, next story right I'm here. It, I'm going to call it right now. This movie will be the most – it will it will surpass uh, Extraction. Oh, wow. It will be the okay. most viewed right, Netflix we'll film when it comes out. Guaranteed. You're, ta Guaranteed. you're talking about Army of the Dead, right? Army of the Dead, yep. Army of the Dead okay, will be okay. the most watched Netflix film um uh, once it comes out oh very cool man there you go you're calling it because we are jumping to another netflix film called they cloned tyrone uh jimmy fox and uh what do you think of that title that title was hilarious <laughs> yeah me too man so jamie fox and uh tayoyna uh, <laughs> paris uh join john boyega in the upcoming netflix sci-fi film so it is a Netflix original. Um, so it says uh, Jewel Taylor's uh, Jewel Taylor's upcoming sci-fi film is pulling together a great cast. Jamie Foxx and Tayoyna Paris have officially signed on to star opposite John Boyega in The Clone Tyrone for Netflix. The film will follow an unlikely trio as they investigate a series of eerie events, alerting them to a nefarious conspiracy lurking directly beneath their hood. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So the film is being described as a pulpy sci-fi mystery caper that is likely to be Friday meets Get Out. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Uh, comparison. What do you think, man? Uh, Friday meets Get Out. Oh, Tyrone, call. <laughs> Erica Badu, uh, that hey man, I am always fascinated by when people say it's this meets that. I I, I would yeah. love to be a fly on the wall pitching this film with these actors. Uh, yeah. Hey, you sold me, man. Friday meets Get Out. I guess <laughs> it's gonna take place in you know Compton or something or in, in, yeah. in, a, in a neighborhood that there's high crime, and you're gonna have people come. <laughs> coming up missing because they're getting cloned they're cloning yeah. these people so yeah i mean this sounds cool i mean again john boyga fantastic jamie fox incredible i'm not too familiar with the young lady in the middle there but uh yeah, yeah man that, 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 that's friday meets get out so we're gonna have debo they're gonna they're gonna clone debo 
Man, seriously. And sorry for butchering the names, guys. I'm not really uh, good at the pronunciation. But uh, right here, this line, it says, alerting them to a nefarious conspiracy lurking directly beneath their hood. That reminds me of uh, what I just watched, the episode four of, uh, of uh, Lovecraft Country, man. Uh, where it was kind of all beneath their feet. There's, you know, some things happening down there. And um, I'm intrigued, man, uh, uh, kind of. Uh, but the Friday aspect, so I'm. it's going to have comedy, obviously. It's going right, to... Right, I, right, I just, I don't know... I, I don't know how I feel about these like stereotypical hood movies nowadays in 2020. I feel like in 2000, they were fine, but you know yeah. what I'm saying? What I, so what? to that point, I think that this is cool because we don't see hood movies with sci-fi thriller elements. So they're taking the right. idea of stereotypical, you know, got fired from my job, smoking weed, you know, game banging, but it's taking that, that, that concept and put it in a new genre, which is, you know, horror thriller, whatever the case may be. So I think that's, that's cool. Cause we, we, again, we don't see just like, again, Lovecraft country. We don't see black people going on adventures like we do in this show. Right. So I think it's taking that, that idea of like, you're, we're so used to the stereotypical hood films. Let's put a spin to it. Let's add some new elements, sci-fi, thriller elements, and give you something new. And again, showing these black stories told in a different manner. So I think that's, that's pretty. I hope that's the. I hope it's is what I'm saying, and not stereotypical. And and to you know to that extent. Yeah, no, I hear that. Uh, and Robert made a good point: is that uh, Jamie Fox is getting uh, to be a Netflix veteran now. So I think it's kind of the lane he's starting to switch into as far as. Um, Maybe kind of, they're, they're, I'm sure they're throwing them money after Project Power, and um, which is a movie that I still kind of, you know, have a lot of gripes with. It's just average to me, but it seems like Netflix is, is, I don't know if it's hit or miss, but it's like average or hit, if that makes any sense, you know? Because some of these movies are just kind of three out of fives across the board for me, for the majority, for the majority, not all, but. Yeah, I think if that's once again, if that, if he's fine with being in that lane for right now, and I talked about this, and and it's a minority opinion, is that Jamie Foxx has been very flat across the board with his last performances. As far as I think he's okay, but he's not doing anything to dazzle me. But that's the same with Gerard Butler as well. Like he's kind of right. just stuck in this. He's right. kind of stuck in these. Um, you know, uh, taken. They took. They took something from me, and I got to get revenge type of role, right? And and it's yeah. and it, his mannerisms are just very similar to the role previous. So I guess that's kind of uh, where I see him. Uh, Tyson, you know, he'll get back to that Oscar-winning performances, and his yeah, yeah. Get Mike Tyson. So and and yeah. again, going back to the the Netflix thing too. I think what a lot of stars are doing, especially you know, Jamie Foxx has been. He's a talented individual, singing, act. I mean, he there's no one like him. Singing, mm -hmm. acting, TV show record albums grammy winner like he's he's one of the best of our generation to be you know to be frank so but as far as netflix goes i'm just looking at it at as a mindset man if i'm an actor my face is going to probably be seen more on netflix than it will be at the big screen at the theater like because everyone yeah. has netflix not every you know what i'm saying as far as like people going to the movie versus netflix netflix is going to yeah. win that battle nine times out of ten so i think from yeah. a performance standpoint if i'm john boega young actor you know, obviously he was in Star Wars, but people see their faces more on Netflix than they do at the theater. So, yeah, that's kind of the yeah, transition to Hollywood. Most definitely. Um, yeah, if, if you don't own Netflix, you have you're using your mom's Netflix. You're using exactly. someone in your family in your family member's Netflix, right? Yeah, uh, someone yeah. just always has it. Uh, and until they get a, get rid of that feature, where only one person could have it at a time or something or whatever, exactly, uh, it, it, it's, it's gonna keep spreading. Um, people, I bet you, people have seen. Project Power more than they saw Sleepless or whatever that film was he did because yeah. they have Netflix is more accessible. You know that the original title for that was Black Taken. 
probably doesn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah I, I I remember it. Someone screenshotted the IMDb. It was called Black Taken before they changed it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly the feel that I got when I watched it. Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. But um, anyway, that was a side note. But uh, yeah, I was going to say going back to the Tyson um, uh, reference is that a lot of people forget that he used to do a lot of Tyson impressions when he was coming up in the 90s and mm -hmm. early 2000s. Is that yeah. uh, I think that might have been a character as well on uh, In Living Color. So he if he can tap into the, that character uh get the impression down without making it too comical because that's a that's a character that is very distinguished by the way he talks by the way his mannerisms are by what he says right so i mean we saw he bulked up now if he can get the impression down of mike Ty a young even a young mike tyson i think that that could be another ray type of film that, that we yeah. see coming out and I was going to say that was going to be my example is what he did with Ray. I have no doubt that he'll be able to uh, become Mike Tyson. Yeah, most definitely. All right, guys, jump into the next story. And this was the headline for the uh, the video that you clicked on. It was Robert Pettison has reportedly tested positive for COVID-19. And because of that, they shut down production. All right. So I think initially it was reported that someone on the crew, like a crew member, mm -hmm. got mm -hmm. it. And then, like, literally, like, hours later, it came out that he tested positive for it. So, uh, yeah. initial thoughts? Are you, you know, is he gonna, is he gonna fight like he did in that trailer against yeah, COVID? Gonna, what are your thoughts? He's gonna, he's gonna beat COVID down like he did the goon <laughs> in the streets, man. No, it, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, uh, and not to underplay COVID nineteen, but you know, yeah. luckily he is a movie star, so I'm, I'm hope he'll probably have the best caretakers and medicine, and you know, quarantine himself for two weeks and. We'll yeah. forget about this news in October because we're going to find out he's going to be back on set. So from what I gather, they're still shooting the film. They're just going to probably do the scenes that don't involve Batman, which makes sense to shoot the Falcone stuff, shoot the Selena Kyle stuff, the Penguin, yeah. and work around and schedule. Just like when Tom Cruise broke his ankle, they still kept chugging along. Uh, I mean, look at The Rock. You know, with Black Adam and all his films, he just revealed yeah. that he had COVID. So they're probably, you know, get still there's still things to be done. But it, it is unfortunate. I mean, it is the it. it, it to me, what it really proves is that it don't COVID doesn't care who you are. They don't care if you're the rock. Oh, yeah. They don't care if you're a goddamn Batman. <laughs> so it just goes to prove just be safe out there, everyone. Wear your mask, social distance, you know, and all that yeah. stuff. But in regards to uh, this news, I think, like I said, they're still going to be shooting the movie. And then, like I said, hopefully he uh, recovers quickly and uh, get back in that cow. Yeah, most definitely. So, yeah, the next picture I just throw up there uh, was the Batman has – uh, the Batman hasn't resumed production without yeah. Robert Pattinson, but uh, th this is from a couple of days ago. You're saying that you believe it has? You heard that it has resumed? I would I would imagine they're probably, so we got this news earlier, like Tuesday or Wednesday, and they probably put a pause on it temporarily and just double, double, double checking to make sure that yeah. Selena Kyle, you know, Zoe Kravitz doesn't have it and all that. And then they're going to, I would imagine this within this week, there's things that they can probably still shoot, uh, yeah. you know, starting back up. So um, I would imagine this isn't going to be like, halting the the production to a, a longer extent and we, we won't get it you know it's going to be pushed back to december instead of october of next year so i think i think we'll be fine but again speedy recovery to him and hope that everyone yeah. on the set is, is safe and you know they're taking the right precautions to make sure it doesn't happen you know to anyone else yeah. on the set 
Yeah, I think people more people are getting hip to just kind of taking care of themselves if they do get sick. I mean, I had a coworker that had it, and um, it, it didn't last him two weeks. It lasted him literally maybe three to four days where he got really, really sick, flu-like symptoms, mm-hmm. you know, of right. course. But um, he was taking care of himself and, uh, you know, yeah. stayed at home. Yeah. And, and people are recovering from this. And, you know, let's hope, you know, someone as young as him and, and if he didn't have any underlying complications at all, that he right. has a speedy recovery. Um, right, right, but, no, I'm, I'm totally on board with you where I feel that, they're probably going to be doubling down on a lot of these checks of everybody that was in contact or just everybody in general on set. And uh, if they're saying, Hey, everybody's checking out, let's continue to record, you know, exterior shots or, or mm-hmm. shots that don't include him or people that were involved um, that were sick, like the crew, like um, I, wh- whoever was involved, you know, uh, cause I'm sure it's right. more than just a one crew member and Robert Pattinson. It has to be other people involved. Um, you know, people that, that aren't in the shots, uh, Let's hope not any more actors, but um, let's work around that. Basically, they can probably still shoot the Batman scenes because he is in a mask and he has a stunt double. They can probably still that's shoot true. some of those scenes too. So yeah, yeah, most definitely. That's another. That's another. Yeah, well said as well. So yeah, let's just hope for a speedy recovery. Let us know what you guys think in the chat, and make sure you guys are hitting that like as well as subscribing to all of our social medias down below. All right, so jumping to another one now. I'm not too familiar with this character. Maybe you can help me out, uh, but it's been all over this week um so this character silk uh which is a sony marvel property uh live action series is in the works amazon is in talks to acquire the project and other marvel characters that sony controls uh we we had talked about this previous uh weeks is that sony is just man they're throwing out as many properties as they can to make so much money off of uh the expansion i guess or the extension of uh, spider-man right yeah uh, do you know much about this character silk at all? Very little, man, because I know she, if I'm not mistaken, for anyone in the chat that might be more familiar, I think she she just was created like in 2014, very similar to like Gwen, you know, Gwen Stacy's character, uh, Gwen Spider. Like they're very newer characters to the Spider-Man mythology. And, and, and if I'm not mistaken, also, I believe she's a Korean uh, um, uh, a character. So, again, representing someone on the screen. So I'm not too familiar how she obtained the abilities of Spider, you know, the Spider, she got bit by a Spider or whatever the case may be, if she's in an alternate universe. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not too familiar with her, but I know uh, people like her from the comics. So, again, like okay. you just said, man, they're just like, you know, picking all the different Spider Man characters and putting them on the big screen without Spider Man. So, yeah, it's interesting, man. It, it it goes to show you, just like Batman, that their their universes literally can carry themselves. Like they don't have to be an Avenger, they don't have to be the Justice League member. That's how rich of a uh, lore these characters have that they can just do spinoffs of all these characters, which is crazy. It's definitely crazy. Um, but yeah, I think once again, they're striking with the iron is hot, right? I, I think they probably knew that this um, uh, Tom Holland uh, Spider-Man was going to take off and then they just started, man, after the first one, they were just like, what can we grab up and make a movie out of? Uh, but it, it's good to note that Phil Lord and Chris Miller are executive producing with Lauren Moon in negotiations to write. Now, I looked up Lauren Moon because I wasn't familiar. Uh, she did a lot more TV shows, a Netflix show as well called Atypical. Uh, have you checked that one out? I, I know that's a pretty popular one. I haven't, one. but I heard it's good. Yeah, yeah. I haven't, but I heard it's a really good show. Yeah, so she wrote on that show as well as a show called Good Trouble, which it looks like is a freeform. Okay, the channel called Freeform. I'm not 100% sure what that show is about, but both written uh, last year, 2019, and she is attached. And it's going to be an Amazon series. Um, I don't know animated Amazon. or wow. yeah uh, i don't know animated live action but uh 
what would you like to see? I would like probably like to see based on this picture. I would love to see it animated, uh, more like yeah. a multiverse type of look uh, look to it. Yeah, I mean either or. Uh, probably preferably live action just because you can get an, a Korean a, a actress to get that role. And then she can voice the actress too. But I would, you know, like, again, representing someone on screen, being able to see a, a real life person and, and young eight uh, Korean girls being able to look up to her. Not, and again, not saying that they couldn't do that if it was animated, but I just probably be pretty cool to see that live action. But apparently I'm just kind of looking her up. She actually made an appearance in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, at least the character Sydney Moon was a classmate of Peter Parker, oh. and I'm just looking at her her abilities. So instead of for Spider Sense, her is just called Silk Sense, um, and she's very similar abilities to Peter Parker, and they have a friendship. Uh, and she's actually far stronger than Peter is, uh, which is cool. And then she actually shoots spider webs out of her fingertips, which is interesting. So uh, very okay. cool cool character uh she's stronger than peter parker man so that's that's awesome that's interesting she, i wonder she got bit I by a spider so that's uh you know well i think she, anybody hanging around tom holland is gonna get bit by something and turn, into a, <laughs> turn into a an ally or whatever you know but there, there's some radioactiveness going on around these parts wherever he's from yeah, but um exterminators <laughs> <laughs> seriously or how you look at it i mean maybe they want to get bit man They're, they want to be superheroes right. super villains but um that's interesting it makes sense though for the for the webs to come out of the fingers i mean they're the uh i don't know what you call them but they're the the, the end points basically of your body so mm -hmm. come out of your your freaking toes if anything i mean mm -hmm. like uh i mean if it's coming out of his wrist it, it would make sense that it would come out of your the tips of your fingers right um Wow, interesting. Okay, very cool. So, I mean, uh, I, I I don't know if you mentioned that before, but was she of Asian descent uh, in the comics? Korea, yeah, yeah. She so oh, Korean she's a, a Korean. Yeah, she's a Korean character, um, a Korean American superhero. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And she's a cool. member of the Spider Army, the Web Soldiers, um, and she did. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, I was right. It was two thousand fourteen when she Army. first appeared. Wow, Spider Army and Web Soldiers. So that alludes to that. I, once again, I don't know com these comics at all, but it alludes to that there's many, many more oh, of these yep. uh, spider creatures. I mean, <laughs> and, and it goes to show again another thing of that made Peter Parker so special in the comics is the whole, uh, and he says so much so in Spider Verse anyone could be spider-man right we're all spider-man we all have that ability to want to save people and help people so it just goes to show again the the rich character of spider-man yeah most definitely all right let us know once again guys uh, what do you think about silk in the chat or down in the comments below and this is something that you were talking about uh, our last couple of stories was uh, john boyega and uh i really didn't get too far into um what he was um just kind of replying to but uh he is quoted here saying do not bring out a black character market them to be much more important in the franchise than the than they are and then have them push to the side so he's uh reflects on his star wars experience i didn't know this was something that was on his mind or i didn't know um i i just assume him being in the forefront that he thought that the representation was uh there i mean obviously but what what, what are your thoughts on his remarks I, I didn't get deeper into uh any any uh quotes that he had but do you know yeah. much more about the story yeah i mean again um uh, a big star wars fan so going back to 2014 when we saw the force awakens uh that incredible trailer that it was um going back there i don't know if you remember it but literally date john um boega's character was like literally they were pushing him to it was almost like people thought that he was going to be the lead of the film the first black uh you know jedi uh and and then they allude that into the trailer where you see him pick up this the uh the uh lightsaber and go against kylo ren so there was a lot of uh hints that he was going to be more 
integral in the story, which he was in the first one. But then you look at The Last Jedi. All the stuff that J.J. Abrams built for him being, you know, uh, being in, in as a, uh, a, a clone, not a clone, but a, a stormtrooper who becomes mm -hmm. a Jedi, who's uh, force sensitive. And then when you come to the rise of Skywalker, he's one, Ray, I need to tell you something, Ray, Ray, I need to tell you something. And he was supposedly supposed to tell her that he's force sensitive. The way I, I'm 100% uh, agree with John Boyega, the way they handled him as like marketing that he was going to be like the first, like I said, stormtrooper turn into a, you know, a, a, a Jedi. They botched that so much. So yeah, they, mm -hmm. they put it story to the back burner, just like they did Rose character. You know, she was integral in last Jedi and she had nothing to do with rise of Skywalker. So again, I, I totally see what he's talking about, man. He says in an article, they didn't know what to do with the characters. We saw what they did with Daisy. They had a plan for Daisy Ridley character as Ray. They had a plan for uh, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, but they just seemed to botch the minorities in this story. And, and it was very apparent, especially when it comes to John Boyega, because he was supposed to be very integral into, uh, I don't know if you saw that uh, uh, um, Colin Trevorrow script for what was supposed to be his third movie. Uh, he was about John Boyga's character. Finn was supposed to be very integral to the story and be like kind of like a revolutionary character. And and again, freeing the the slaves that work as the stormtroopers and was supposed to be uh, ha have the force abilities, but they completely botched that storyline. So yeah, it's a mm. what he's saying is, is is truth, man. It's unfortunate the way they treated the minorities and treated you know his character particularly uh, with the marketing and just kind of use them as like, oh look, people, we have a black person in Star Wars. Um, but yeah. we're not going to really do much with him. But he's he's black, so check that off the list. So it's unfortunate how they handle minorities on on that big franchise. I guess that's why I'm not understanding it 100 percent because I I I think I might have seen the the, the first movie that he was in uh, that he was part of. Yeah, and I I didn't continue after that. Um, yeah. But no, I always thought yeah he was in the forefront. He was going to be much more. But hearing all that, so so what? Who do we blame in this situation? Do we blame the writers? Do we? Because uh, you said there was a, a, thir a script that was yeah original so to the third movie, right? Day, so the the planning from the beginning was just botched. They you know Kathleen Kennedy hired three different directors: J.J. Abrams, Ryan Johnson, and Colin Trevorrow. J.J. Abrams and and, and the, uh, was never intended to come back. He was supposed to do do the Force Awakens and be done, but. Last Jedi comes out, and I like Last Jedi, but I know Star Wars purists do not as a Star Wars movie because of what they did with Luke Skywalker. So after the reception, and even if I know you, you say you haven't seen Last Jedi, I don't know if you remember, but that was very divisive. That that split the Star Wars fandom with people loving Star Wars, hating Star Wars, hating the new uh, kind of interpretation of these characters, and then you know they bring they fire Colin Trevorrow, who was supposed to do the third one. And they bring back J.J. Abrams. So J.J. Abrams is kind of like fixing the wrongs of what, you know, what Disney considered wrongs with The Last Jedi. And then, it, again, mm -hmm. it was just it goes to show they didn't have a plan. There was no plan in place when they uh, acquired uh, Star Wars in 2012. And it, it is very apparent. And, and we see that now. They, they're not doing movies for a long time. They're doing TV shows now with The Mandalorian and so on and so forth. So. Yeah. It was just mishandled. It was poorly mishandled, and it's unfortunate because that is Star Wars. No matter how you feel about it, it is easily the most popular IP of any IP across the world. Everyone knows what Star Wars is, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting. I might have to go back and and and, and check those last couple, and and then just kind of see how I how I feel about how they treated his characters. So maybe it wasn't in the plan for him to be. I, I'm I'm just trying to think because. You know, I don't know really crap about Star Wars, so I don't know if uh, to me it was always like you're like born a Jedi, or you can you obtain these 
powers or is this something that he was easily obtainable for him or did he have it already or because to me yeah, it's, you can't uh, just say yeah. you know uh, uh like i will become a jedi because i'm in the forefront of something unless mm. i have some kind of uh, att- uh um I guess lineage or something attached to me being a Jedi or someone part of it, or, or that's what I'm saying. Like, can you grow to be a Jedi? Can that something you can learn to be? Uh, not necessarily learn to be, but it's, it's essentially uh, what they call it is like force sensitive and you can kind of manipulate the force and kind of like Leia did, but obviously she was, her father is, uh, you know, uh, uh, Darth Vader, uh, Attica Skywalker. So within their blood, it was kind of, it's kind of, I'm how I'm trying to describe it. Um, it's kind of, I don't want to say like X-Men, but it's kind of like some people have it within their genes, but they just don't know how to tap into it. And that's okay. where like a Ray character, uh, you know, she had it in her family, but then you have a Finn character who's force sensitive. You know, it's, it's a certain ability you have to be able to obtain the force power. So he doesn't necessarily have to become a Jedi, just like Princess Leia didn't become a Jedi. Ultimately, she decided mm-hmm. to go against it because of what it, you know, could have done in her family. So it's yeah. it's 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 a it's a very deep lore with uh you know uh, metachlorians and uh it's a bunch of stuff that <laughs> goes into how someone can become a Jedi or a Sith of that matter. So let me ask you if this character was um let's say Asian, Latin, or any or any other color that uh, than black of John Boyega, do you think people would be making um, you bringing it up, or would he uh, would they be bringing it up uh, like he is right now? Well, again, the reason he's bringing this up is because literally, when you see Force Awakens and you see the marketing, they marketed as John Boyega has Force abilities and he could be potentially becoming someone that can tap into the force and maybe become a Jedi. Uh, oh, but gotcha. they literally, when you see last Jedi, if you ever see that, uh, they literally just completely throw it out of the window when it comes to that. And it's not that Ryan Johnson was trying to intentionally say, we don't want to have this black character mm. in the forefront. He just had a different story than what JJ Abrams had, which JJ wanted oh, him to I become see. a different character and have force abilities, but not gotcha. Ryan Johnson. It was different for his script. So again, it goes into, communication they didn't communicate that this is what we want to do with ray this is what we want to do with kylo we want to do with finn it was just like you get a script you get a script you get a script go on and do what you want to do and hopefully it ties together and it didn't (laughs) yeah so i guess i'm I'm trying to understand if it's just a convoluting of different scripts of different directions of which one director wanted to take this franchise or turn this character into and then something being uh what he's saying it seems more racist if i'm if i'm kind of looking into it maybe uh, a little maybe not necessarily racist per se but it's just like a lack of attention to detail because again in that article he said that even though there was three different directors involved in this filmmaking of the new trilogy mm-hmm. ray had a through line kylo ren had a through line but what about finn why is he the one that unfortunately has to take the the blunt of three different directors having their hands on the screen why wasn't it just consistent we need to have this character be a strong character having a, a really good strong storyline like mm. a Ray, like a Kylo Ren. It's just like he was unfortunately the one that kind of got the short end of three different people having three different interpretations of the story. But like gotcha. I said, the you know the the uh, Ray and, and and Kylo Ren were able to have strong finishes, but you know unfortunately Finn was just mm. kind of left on the back burner and was affected by the three different directions. Yeah, and they didn't elaborate on what could have been something or that well, something that should have been in his eyes and, and a lot of people's eyes, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, of this of this character. Okay, okay, I understand. No, once again, I mean, now is the time to speak out. Uh, we had talked about it before. A lot of people speaking out, especially when they're on a larger platform, so they have more 
eyes um and people you know definitely come into their to their side saying yeah you know what we agree with what's going on we're, we're huge fans of these franchises and, and we mm -hmm. feel like you didn't do this uh, character justice and uh now that i know that three different directors were involved it's i see because i don't know any of this stuff so i'm just trying to understand but okay uh, let let us know, guys, what you think about this story in the chat or down in the comments below. But something a little more lighthearted, and I uh, I'm actually excited to see this. But I don't have a uh, HBO Max, so I don't know how I'm going to see this. But uh, it is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air getting a reunion set for HBO Max. Uh, Will Smith, Tatiana Lee, Karen Parsons, uh, Joseph Marcel, and Al Alfa Alfonso Ribeiro uh, will return to uh, uh, for the special releasing around Thanksgiving. Thoughts? Uh, I mean, it's it's really unfortunate. Uncle Phil won't be able to be there, yeah. but uh, I mean, it, they, they did the same. Well, they're doing the same thing with Friends, which again, they're HBO Max. I love the platform, but it isn't. It hasn't popped as much as they thought it would. So I think this is yet again a way of saying, "Hey, you guys, remember Friends, the most most watched sitcom of all time? We're bringing the cast back together. Hey, you remember the '90s Fresh Prince and Will Smith? We're bringing the cast. So I think it's just a way of." 1499 getting people to check this out when it drops and hearing you know yeah. behind the scenes stories and hearing some of the the great stories they're going to have to say about uncle phil and maybe even talk about this new spinoff or, or the the revise of this character coming back uh you know we, which, which we talked about a couple weeks ago so i think yeah. it's cool always you know hearing those those stories of, of the show that i love growing up so it'll be really cool to see them back together on uh you know on, on the small screen on hbo max it was interesting because um, this just popped in my mind right now. We were watching Mean Girls last night. It's kind of a guilty pleasure to watch like once a year. And mm -hmm. I was just thinking of of the of the cast and 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 some of the, the main girls. And and most of them went on to lead either TV or movie careers. Lindsay Lohan was a, kind of like the one that took the L recently. But, yeah. uh, you know, you have Rachel McAdams. And then I totally forget the other girl's name. But she was like in that Blumhouse movie that came. Oh, she was also oh, Mama, uh, Mia, the Mama Mia. Amanda Seifert, yeah. Yeah, so um, in th in this case, just jumping into this cast that I'm looking at, Will Smith was the breakout. Um, mm -hmm. And I think I remember some movies with uh, Uncle Phil, but other than that, and, and that's just the, uh, the reason why I'm saying that is because I'm sure it wasn't hard to get these guys back. I mean, I remember Tatiana Ali growing up uh, as a musician and whatnot, yeah. but um, yeah. I feel like he was the one that was the break breakthrough star, obviously. And yeah. uh, it probably wouldn't be hard to get them all together, you know, back again. And and uh, I, I think yeah. it'll be cool for the nostalgic factor. It's almost like when we saw, you know, like <coughs> like uh, uh, what's his name, Return on Fuller House, um, Uncle uh, John Samos. John Samos, yeah, come back for a little bit, and it was like, hey, it's cool, you know, like. And then you know, yeah. just to appease to that to that old school, mm -hmm. but uh, for for a Thanksgiving release, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was a family oriented show, uh, so I think this is going to do pretty good. Um, yeah. Wh whatever episode they do, probably like a hour episode or something like that. It's, it's, it's after the show's debut, so thirty years after the show's debut. Jesus, what a what a time, man! But um, yeah, I'm excited for this. L uh, let us know. Uh, <laughs> Rob says I want to hear Big Will rapping. We might get a little Thanksgiving rap oh, in there. Oh, you would. yeah, you can expect <laughs> Will to definitely. Pull, pull out a mic and, and do his uh the, the thing he'll probably do that coming like when the show opens or there's they're gonna probably have like a round table and like i said talk about yeah this scene that scene how much it meant to them and things of that nature but he's gonna probably come out in west philly yeah I would, and they're probably gonna have a tribute too to uh, uh uncle Phil. Phil. I, yeah i need to stop saying uncle Phil. i can't think of the actor's name right now but i i can't gonna probably have a tribute yeah so when it says reunion jumping back to that story um 
do, do you think it's not going to be like an episode? It's just going to be like them like oh, a yeah. meeting, like a yeah, like a yeah. It's going to be like okay. like they're doing with uh, 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 James Avery. Um, it's it's going to be the same thing they're doing with the friends, where they're just going to have like a roundtable gotcha. and they're just going to talk about maybe their favorite moments, how they came to be the character, how the show impact their lives forever. So I think it's just going to be like a roundtable type of thing, like they do on Vanity okay. Fair when they have like actors and directors talking about their yeah. work. So I think it's going to be more or less just kind of going down uh, the trip of memory lane and showing some clips and again like saying paying a tribute to james avery and things like that yeah i think i've seen that recently on um maybe like within like last six months of uh family matters uh for yeah, that been, show yeah i'm trying to think yeah there's been quite a few uh you know uh what's his name doing josh gad that. did that on his channel when he was bringing like the cast of game of, or uh lord of the rings and uh mm. back to the future and goonies like they you know they had like yeah. a zoom meeting and they'll probably i don't think they'll be in person with COVID 19 so they'll probably do like a zoom well, hopefully, maybe they shot it before the pandemic, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Now this is a part of the rumor mill. It's just rumor, guys. Uh, but I didn't think this was gonna happen. I hope. Kind of don't hope this happens. I really don't like this woman. Uh, Amber Heard rumored to be reprising her role in Aquaman two, despite the ongoing legal uh, cases with Johnny Depp. I know we had talked about you know that it, they could possibly recast her because she wasn't that. I don't know if she was, if she, I still don't know if she was integral to Aquaman. I haven't seen it still. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I mean, what do you think, man? She could be back. I mean, I think it's a, they should have uh, her back. They shouldn't. What? I think it is a very, very sensitive topic right now with Warner Brothers because they, you know, with Johnny Depp on the other side, you know, they'd let him come back and do his, you know, the Fantastic Beast too. And I don't know if he's going to be in the third one or not. But yeah. yeah, man, this is tough because again, it's still, it's still going on. You know, a lot of the, the information coming out of the court trial is that it's not looking good for Amber Heard, but we, we live in a society where you're, you're innocent and it's proven guilty. And right now they're both appearing to be somewhat guilty and innocent. And it was a toxic, and not to get in there, the whole situation, their marriage was just toxic on both sides. Yeah. You know, one may have done more worse than the other, but nevertheless, to answer your question with this, I think it's, I think it would be a very smart decision if they recast her because she is an integral part. Like Mara is literally, um, and she's and not to Lois Lane is a very integral character to Superman mythology, but she is like the lowest lane to Aquaman. Like she's very integral to his storyline, and she was very integral into the in in, in the film. Uh, but I think it will be smart for them to recast. I don't think they want to recast because I don't think they they don't there hasn't been a verdict, you know. So it's just like. You either damn if you do or damn if you don't. So if they do recast her, then that's Warner. I'm just thinking of a, you know the headlines. That's Warner Brothers saying that they think she's guilty. If they bring her back, that's Warner Brothers saying that they don't think she's guilty and she's just an actress and she has a contract that she has to abide by. Because I mean, hell, if she if Warner Brothers fires her, there might be another court case with Amber Heard being involved. So again, it's one yeah. of those situations. Like I say, you're damn if you do, you're damn if you don't. So I think right now they're just they haven't officially said anything. They haven't said anything at the fandom. They haven't said anything at all. It's just, like you said, this is just rumors. So mm -hmm. we don't know what they're gonna do until they go into production. Maybe the trial, most likely the trial will still be going on. So I don't know, man. We'll see. Like I said, because either way they go, it's gonna be people are gonna bring the pitchforks out. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think unless something extreme comes out in these court, ca court cases where it you know portrays her in a very negative light i, I think that she will stick with the with the aquaman uh franchise yeah. and and then um and no recasting involved but it would have to take right. something really drastic i don't i don't know like her and setting I mean, up she, johnny depp to get assassinated under, or something 
That's what I was saying. I was literally going to say, like, not to underplay the situation. Domestic violence is incredibly yeah. uh, serious matter on both sides. A man hitting a woman, a man, a man or yeah. woman hitting a man is, is serious to that nature. But there hasn't been, no one's been killed. But like you said, if you do find out that she tried to have, uh, you know, uh, a Jack Sparrow yeah. person try to kill her <laughs> in the middle of the night or Freddy yeah. Krueger try to kill him, um, right. then that's a definitely different story. But it, it's just a very toxic situation. It was just a lot of domestic, whether it be physical, uh, verbally, uh, you know, stories of her pooping on the bed and lying about. I mean, oh, it, it's just God, a, weird. It's a very, when's, when's this movie coming out? David, when are they going to make this Amber yeah. Heard, Johnny Depp? <laughs> yeah, seriously. With, you know, showing them behind the scenes of, uh, you know, you got uh, Ike and Tina over here. <clears throat> uh, and you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if, 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 if that gets oh, yeah. turned into like some biopic or, or something exactly. about, about that time. Exactly, man. Hey, but, but like, uh, <laughs> like uh, Rob said, Ezra Miller is still in the flash, though. I mean. Hey, man, <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, DC man, when it comes, they have perfect casting, but it's just like the the characters. The, you know, the you gotta you gotta know these people you're hiring to be your superheroes. You know, luckily they have a Gal Gadot and then Jason Momoa that stays out of the headlines and Henry Cavill. But then you you know Marvel, you don't hear anything about Marvel. This is like the Marvel's like if you make one mistake, we will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like, Marvel, they got those people in check, man. You don't hear too many. Uh, TMZ stuff, maybe Jeremy Renner with his whole wife and everything, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Uh, all right, jump into the next one, and uh, you might like this one right here. I don't know if you heard this. this is brought to us by uh, Merck with the movies. So uh, Chloe Grace Moretz to star in the Batman Riders directorial debut, produced by Matt Reeves. So it's a film titled Mother slash Android, and it will star Chloe Grace Moretz, who previously worked with Reeves on Let Me In. I actually mm -hmm. like that movie. I know it was like a yeah, remake of some, yeah, some older movie yeah, or another right. movie. Let the Right Ones In was the original uh, Swedish film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she will play a pregnant woman that goes on a harrowing journey with her boyfriend to escape their country, uh, mm -hmm. which has gone to war against artificial intelligence. I like that. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Hey, man, that uh, does it say the writer's name? I can't think of it right now off top. Something Matt Tomlin. Um, is that his name? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Ma uh, Mattson Tomlin. Mattson Tomlin. What? Wow. Like, uh, regardless of our thoughts on Project Power, to go from Project Power to writing the Batman to now directing your first film, big blockbuster. I mean, like, that that's a movie within itself. Like, who, I don't want to say lucky because he, you know, there's obviously, he has great premises. Again, regardless of Project Power's outcome, it was a cool premise. It's a really cool idea. Execution maybe wasn't isn't all that great as we want it to be, but him, his idea, whatever the Batman's going to be. And then his idea here, this guy has some really good ideas. So, yeah. Who knows, man? 10, 15 years from now, Tomlin might be one of the best writer directors in Hollywood, dude. Like he he's that's 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 just inspiring to me, man. Like first project gets greenlit by Netflix, second project is working on the Batman, third project is you're making a sci-fi android uh film. That's, that's <laughs> pretty incredible, man. Kudos to him for his hustle, man. Hustle and grind. And, yeah, and he's also set to write the upcoming Mega Man film. Gee, which I'm excited ooh, for. So, think, not that age matters, but again, it's just inspire. I think he's under 30 years old. Um, let me. Oh, let I me think you. I up. think I think we had looked that up, and he was pretty young. Yeah. Project Power, Manson Tomlin. They don't have his age, but yeah, I think this dude is a young cat, and that's just impressive, dude. Yeah, that is impressive. 
But yeah. Now, what do you think about about that storyline of far as far as them escaping um, AI? Pretty much, that, that's it's it's almost like if it's like the term it's like Terminator, right? It's like if the machines took over and you know we're just kind of left as slaves or like left as you know to kind of hide from these uh, art of, uh, AI. Yeah, he's literally thirty. He just turned thirty this year. It's crazy. Uh, wow. It it sounds pretty interesting, man. Um, Makes me feel like I haven't done shit with my life. <laughs> hey, man, that, that's a <laughs> to him, man. But no, it sounds like yeah. you say, yeah, some Terminator vibes. Uh, you know, leaving the country. But I wonder, like, what is leaving the country going to be? <laughs> it sounds like you got to leave the planet <laughs> because it sounds like the AI, <laughs> right? know what's the point of just leaving your country but uh it yeah. sounds pretty interesting um again um i don't know i just see it in my head now there's gonna be a scene where she gets you know hit or injured and it's just like the baby's gone oh no so i don't know but no it's yeah. uh it'll be really interesting to see uh what what what's who's the husband of course who they're casting there and and the look and the feel is it gonna be on netflix is it gonna go to the theaters whenever those open up again uh fully across the u.s and the world but no it sounds interesting man again premise he has a really the cool he has a, the, the guy has some cool ideas now what are your thoughts on the actress uh chloe moretz as far as uh as her being casted as the main <laughs> That's a great question, man, because she, to me, dude, like I'll never forget Hit Girl. I was such a big fan of Hit Girl, and I'm like, this kid here is a superstar. Mm -hmm. Carrie, um, you know, she's played in some other kind of, I'm going to look up her filmography now. She she hasn't popped the way I thought mm -hmm. that she was after seeing her as a Hit Girl and Kick-Ass, but I think she's... Um, She's she's she has enough charisma because people want to work with her. Hollywood keeps putting her in these you know these movies. Um, as I'm pulling up her, uh, even I, the the movie that came out, I think it was last year, Greta. We went to go see that in theaters. That was kind of creepy. Yeah, yeah she played, yeah. played pretty good in that. Yeah, I'm looking at it now, and she's played some kids' films here and there. But I know, I know the fifth the fifth wave didn't perform that well because she's still pretty young too, 20, 23. I mean, jeez. Jesus Christ. Yeah, she, yeah. Young. she still has room to become. And she has 70 projects on her belt. I'm like, yeah. 70? Crazy, yeah. Hustler. She is <laughs> Good hustling. Lord. Yeah, so she's a lot of voice I, actor work. I like her. Um, like I said, she oh, has Suspiria. She's also in Suspiria yeah. as well, the remake, yeah. yeah. Patricia, uh, yeah, man, I, I'm. I, she just hasn't. There hasn't been a role quite yet for me, like Hit Girl. Like, literally, I love Hit Girl. She's one of my favorite, like, characters mm -hmm. of all time man i thought she was so cool in that role so she just hasn't she hasn't uh hit that that peak yet for me or hasn't peaked like, zoe is like oh my gosh she's a like i don't think she's had like an oscar winning performance quite yet but she's 23 yeah. years old so she has plenty of room to uh to put some oscars on the shelf if that's the career that she takes yeah no, I totally agree with that. Uh, she's been in a lot of projects, obviously. I mean, 70 yeah. projects, whether they're uh, just voice over roles or, mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, movies. Uh, she hasn't really had any breakthrough moments, I guess, in my eyes. Um, and, yeah, I was I was introduced to her as well from Kick-Ass. Was that, was that her first project, by the way? Um, Probably first big project, I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, because, um, yeah, she's, she's been working since 2005. Uh, the Amityville uh, Horror, I don't even remember. Was that the Ryan Reynolds one? Was yeah, well, this, uh, that might have been the yeah, remake. Michael, right? Yeah, she was in that. Apparently, oh, wow. I don't remember. Her she might have been one the daughter then. I Big guess Mama House Two, uh, Wicked Little. Wait, which one? Mama House Two. <laughs> I don't remember her. Are you serious? That. Yeah, was, uh, like you said, she voiced the uh, the character Young Penny and Bolt. Um, and then it wasn't oh, until God. 2010, so she was working four years before uh, or five years before Kick Ass. So, 
Wow. So she must have. I, the, the, my math is, I mean, she was, uh, man, she was like six or seven years old. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, shots out to the hustle, man. Yeah. Shots man. out to the hustlers out there <laughs> in entertainment. Parents, I was like, oh, we're going to make you a star little girl. We're going to get you movies. Well, hopefully they break, they, they broke her off some of that money before she turned 18 because you know, right. a lot of those child stars do, man, that the parents usually, yeah. not usually, but I'll say there's some instances where, where that stuff happens, but yeah. Yeah. Either way, I'm kind of intrigued with that story. Um, it does sound like something that would go to, to a streaming service, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what can what. Yeah, uh, he already has a relationship with happen. Netflix, so yeah. Yeah, very cool. And then uh, this is the last story that I have so far. Once again, by Merck with the movies. Uh, guy Ritchie once again teaming up with Jason Statham. He loves that guy for a spy thriller, Five Eyes. And in my eyes, right here, my two eyes, right here. I don't know how he hasn't been a, a Bond character yet. I love. I know he's not the most phenomenal actor, but I just think he's a badass. And I could every role I see him in, it's more of like a Bond character without the charisma. At least I guess for me. Yeah. But um, yeah, J Jason Statham and Guy Ritchie uh, are back once again. Uh, they did Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, Snatch, Revolver. Uh, they've been. They took a break for about fifteen years. It says uh, this year they worked on Cash Truck which revive, arrives next year. Not sure what that is. And uh, this film is said to follow the story of an MI6 agent, Statham, that is hired by an international group known as Five Eyes to stop the sale of a weapon of mass destruction. Man, right, right, right up there, MI6 with, uh, with, with some uh, Tom Cruise-ness, man. What do, you, what do you think of this? So I, I compared Gerard Butler and uh, Frank Grillo to like Arnold maybe in, in uh, Stallone. So he's what the John Claude Van Damme of our generation <laughs> to a certain extent, you know. Yeah, possibly, the, yeah. The, uh, what are those those movies he made the, when he was like a driver or something? Um, uh, Transporter? Transporter, exactly, yeah. yeah. So Yeah, man, not I like good, Not good movies, not good movies. Not good movies, not good movies. But yeah, Jason Statham, man, I, I like him, man. He, uh, yeah. uh, he, he he works a lot, too. He, he does a lot of his mm -hmm. own stunts. He's like, he, he always, like, he never hit the megastar status, but he's a great action star, man. Uh, yeah. and, and, I mean, hell, I mean, Hobbs and Shaw is going to have its own franchise, so maybe, you know, that'll be his, like, official big break into, I mean, he's been working forever, but, like, the first, like, universally, like, oh, man, Jason Statham, and you might see him make a Bond appearance or, you know, something of that nature, but, no, this sounds fun, man. They work, you know, the movies they've done together so far have been really fun. Guy Ritchie, when he when he taps into the sandbox that he likes to play in, which is the kind of the UK gritty version of a James Bond or, or gritty nature of the films that he has, um, kind of he has he's a very distinct style, like a Martin Scorsese gangster mm -hmm. vibe with a hyper hyperness uh, uh, nature to his film. So I think like this is a great time with the gentleman, the gentleman that exactly. we saw earlier this year. Yeah, exactly, man. So I like Guy Ritchie. I like Jason Statham. The premise sounds pretty cool. And uh, yeah, man, sign me up. Yeah, for sure. I, I I agree. Uh once again, he's like he's a guy that hasn't, I guess, a maybe peaked with the I feel like he he uh, might be typecasted just for the uh, just for yeah. the very thick accent. He has a very brute look. And and I think yeah. if I'm not mistaken, he started kind of peaking later, way, way later in his career, like as far as age-wise goes. I don't yeah. think he started acting when he was younger. So it's one of these guys where you start acting later in life, you only get offered so many roles. Um, but I think he's kept up with his physique. He's, you know, um, but he has this look, man. How old do you think Jason Statham is? Just take a guess. I would, 
I would say late fifties, early sixties. Yeah, fifty-three, dude. That's crazy. I didn't know. Oh, he's early fifties. Okay. Yeah, fifty-three. And I think you're right. Yeah. He started his career kind of, uh, kind of, yeah, kind of like a he, Sam Jackson doing, type of situation. Yeah, I think he's been doing movies for about, uh, I want to say maybe almost twenty years. Yeah, first oh, film, Lock, Stock, and uh, Smoking Bear. Yeah, so nineteen ninety-eight, first film. Oh, 98. So a little over twenty years. Okay, so yeah, yeah. so. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, he starts off. He started off later than what normal, uh, not normal, but what most, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, actors uh, get into. I mean, look, like we said, uh, Chloe <laughs> Moretz, she already mm -hmm. did seventy mm -hmm. films at age twenty-three. You know, so that's that's crazy. But um, no, this this looks uh, interesting. It doesn't look like anything that's uh, too different from the roles that he's played before. If I'm being honest, uh, I do like the MI6 agent twist on things uh and of course you know trying to stop the sale of a weapon of mass destruction sign me up i like uh i like those crime stopper uh type movies and uh jason Statham, man he he i liked his incorporation with the uh, you know um fast and the furious i thought he was a good counterpart balance to uh to the character of uh, of dwayne the rock johnson so i thought they played well off each other and they're movies that you know what you're getting into right hobden shot to me was a fun movie i wasn't yeah. going and expecting like academy award stuff so you know, you, it looked like at his filmography, man. Do you think he's a good actor, Jason Statham? Because, like I you do. said, I think he's very typecast. I'm looking at it, literally all these films are like they're all the same, like the same. Yeah, Transporter, yeah. uh, War, The Bank mm -hmm. Job, The Italian Job, Crank, uh, The Spendables. <laughs> like, I, I would like, I wonder, could he, can he act? Like, can he do drama? You know, he could, does comedy. I think a spy, I thought he was hilarious in spy, yeah. Because when you say good actor, I feel like he is like this in real life. Like this is just him. This is just him. <laughs> like it's yeah. literally just his mannerisms. You know, uh, you know how we see like you know the Rock is like smiling yeah. on Instagram and always having a good yeah. time. But you know when he's you know uh, um, Hobbs, you know he he turns it on and he's like really like you know menacing and stuff. Right? He has a, that look. Yeah. I feel like Jason Statham is Jason Statham twenty four seven on and off screen. Plays so he, he plays with strengths, you know, if he might not yeah. be able to tap into those dramatic elements. So he plays those, like you said, kind of rough around the edges, Aussie that's just ready to, the, the, you know, the scrap if need be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like him for uh, what he's in. Um, as far as acting, I think that's just who he is. Like I said, so, you know, um, do I do Christopher Nolan film? Yeah, do I do I ever see uh, Jason Statham coming this summer in a rom com? No, I don't right. see it happening. <laughs> Probably. Oh, no. Tarantino uh, Jason Statham would be a nice little fun combo. That'd be interesting to see him thrown in there. Yeah, I could, you know what? I could see that because I'm, I'm, my mind is kind of going to the hateful eight, exactly. and there was a lot they of like those notorious bastards, Pulp Fiction type of characters. Mm -hmm. Like more of that grungy look, a time maybe even a timepiece. One, you know, he's really good at yeah. doing the timepieces. And they could fit him in there, maybe give him some hair, you know, for like a change or something. Type of vibes. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be so? I don't know why this is coming up. So Vin Diesel, The Rock, Jason Statham, uh, in a Quentin Tarantino Reservoir Dogs type of situation, a bank heist Ooh. with the You know what? That that's a movie that people always go back and they say, I don't want to see remakes of. I would not mind seeing Reservoir Dogs being remade Dogs. because yeah. Reservoir Dogs is actually a remake of a Japanese film. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I would not mind seeing that be uh, redone as far as that fashion goes, and I could totally right. see who you just named right now. You know, in in that, like almost like an ex uh, maybe not Stallone because he's he's older, but that's kind of like an Expendables right, right. vibe that we get. Yeah, that. Be but 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 the guys that are more around the you know uh, 30, 40, 50 year old range. I mean, he probably the oldest in the group. 
But, uh, yeah. you know, seem like an Adam Driver, Patterson, uh, you know, Statham. And let's, let's get some guys in there and pulling off that, ba- you know, in the suits. Let's see him pulling off that, pulling off that job. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, that ends another episode. I don't even know what episode we're on, nine, I think. But uh, for the weekly wrap-up. And uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Like I said, if you are listening on in podcast form, uh, we are now uh, going to be streaming on spotify apple itunes google play music uh i'm gonna try to get it out there as much as i can and we appreciate all you guys support but if you are watching on youtube make sure you guys are clicking that like button and subscribe down below uh as well as subscribing to all of our social medias i have elliot's all down in the description below and uh, if you had any more stories to talk about man let me know but uh i think we yeah, pretty much covered i think, we the, covered, I think as we're really wrapping up we talked about earlier what do we uh box office so uh tenant made 20 Point two million domestically this weekend and has grossed 20. over um, 150 million worldwide so far. I think it's pretty good in the pandemic. I'll just say that. I think so, man. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to in the very next story, New Mutants has earned 3.5 million domestically. Oh. And the film has made a, a, a check this out, a total gross of 12.3 overall domestically. Mm. So Damn. New Mutants are now broke mutants. Yeah, they, they yeah they seriously. I, I think. Um, did you see that one yet? No, man. I still want to see it, but I've talked to some people about it. I, I'm still gonna check it out because I've seen all the X Men. I'm gonna buy it when it comes out, even if I don't even get yeah. to see it in theaters or whatnot. But yeah, it just seems like it, it was just unfortunate how the film was, you know, acquired during Disney and the re- the reshoots, the no reshoots. It was supposed to come out two years ago, so it, it was just unfortunate how that film kind of shook out. Unfortunately. I- I, I mean, we saw what happened to Dark Phoenix. I wonder if it's as bad as you know that that twentieth uh, century Fox property. I like that, I hear it. Yeah, because <laughs> that one was chopped and screwed to the to the max yeah. too, especially that third act. Uh, so I wonder, and I hear a lot of things about that too. Is that this New Mutants? It feels like it was. There's a lot of parts missing and just edited. You can notice it, and and it's it's not good. So. Yeah. I eventually want to see what it became, but it seems yeah. like it's still on par, if not worse than Dark Phoenix. So yeah, we'll see. But there you go, guys. Another week. Thank you so much for joining us. Everybody that joined us live in the chat. And if you guys are listening to the replay or watching the replay, thank you so much for following us along. Two hours. We hit exactly two hours right now. So that's cool. All right, guys. Um, do you have a uh do you want to give a you know shout out of what you got coming up next on your channel? Yeah, sure, man. Again, it's always fun, man. I hope you guys had a good time in the chat and those watching on the replay as well as on the podcast format. But yeah, as far as this week on Movie Files, uh, continuation of the series reviews for Lovecraft Country, The Boys, uh, Raised by Wolves. Uh, we have the sequel to the Babysitter film on Netflix. Um, and then within um, this week as well, I'm going to be releasing more of my Fantasia Film Festival reviews for the films I got to see uh, two weeks ago. So, yeah, just keep an eye on that stuff. And, uh, yeah, this will be a fun week, man. September Perfect. is filled to the brim with content. Uh, so it's going to be a fun month, man. Yeah, I think you had mentioned it uh, last week that that um, or last Monday we did last uh, Love Lovecraft Country is that you said in September a lot of the um, network the, the shows start coming back right so you're getting a lot of content All there. Season is packed with uh, dramas and sci-fi, so it's going to be a, a really good TV season for us TV fans out there. Yeah. Most definitely. All right, guys. Uh, as far as what I have on the channel, I just dropped my Mulan review yesterday, Mulan 2020. I have to specify that uh, on the channel, so make sure to check that out. Um, down, just click, uh, you know, subscribe, and then and then click my channel, and it'll be the should be one of the most recent videos. As well as uh, later today, I am going to be uploading this um, 
uh, Korean film, South Korean film. Uh, it's another zombie outbreak movie. Man, they do those zombie outbreak movies really well. It comes out actually on Netflix on September 8th, which is this Tuesday. It's called Hashtag Alive. That one was really fun. Uh, a different take on the zombie genre. Um, so I will say definitely check that one out when I upload that, as well as uh, Lovecraft Country Episode 4. We are going to be doing a review for that. Spoiler review for that. And Power returns tonight back again. Uh, it's a sequel but it's a spinoff. It's a spinoff, I should say. So I believe it's called Power Book Two Ghost, which is like the hardest what? name. Yeah, <laughs> it's called Power, it called? Power Book Two. It has two subtitles: two. Power colon semicolon Book Two semicolon Ghost. <laughs> what is the book thing? Did Power have a book in it? No, it didn't. That's why I'm. I don't know. It might be from. From Fifty Cents, like uh, Fifty Laws of Power or whatever that that book that he came out with. Oh, yeah, he actually came out with a book called Fifty Laws of Power. I think it was called. It might incorporate that. I don't know. I don't know too much about the show itself, other than it follows the son. It has Mary J. Blige. It has Method Man in it. Um, and Jeez. you know, if you if if you guys know. 50 Cent won't be in it. He died in power. So I'll just, I'll just have be the spoiler. So he's not, I don't think he's attached to it. Might come back. Yeah. But uh, yeah, guys. So um, that is what I have coming up. And thank you guys so much for sticking around. Make sure to hit that like button. Like I said, hit subscribe on all of our socials down below. And we will leave it at that. Till next Sunday, we are gone. Peace.